Why? Why is 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 bitch like your word of the day? <laughs> no, I've always it said bitch. <laughs> like I feel like today has been an exacerbation of bitches. No, that you've been saying no. Right. Today is just the first time you've heard me call you a bitch on your own stream. That is possibly that is. Oh, all roads. Well. Did that happen earlier? He was just like, "Oh, welcome." Chris and I'm like I've been here for an hour and a half. What are you talking He's like, about, bitch? I've been here since the beginning, and I was like, you didn't say anything. He's like, yeah, you're right. I probably didn't say anything. <laughs> Reminds me of uh, it's, you're, you're reminding me of uh, what's it called, uh, Scary Terry from uh, from uh, Rick and Morty. I'm coming to get you, bitch. Oh yeah, it's like yeah, the yeah, Freddy yeah. Krueger guy. <laughs> yeah, 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 I remember that shit. Oh, okay. Yeah. I've only seen one episode of Rick and Morty, and that was enough for me. You're not missing. I much. think. It, yeah. I mean, I, I, it, it's, it's, uh, I don't know how to say it. Some episodes hit, some episodes don't. You know what I mean? Um, I, I like the more somber episodes, like yeah. when they start mm. going into like the existential crisis bullshit. Cause Rick, what is my purpose to pass the butter? Well, not just that. <laughs> there's a scene where Summer and Morty are in the house, and Morty just pretty much came from another like alternate universe and she's just like i just watched you die and he just gets into this fucking like like fucking whatever man we're all going to fucking die another shut fucking matters let's go watch tv and i'm just like okay that was good but then yeah. like the other half of the episodes are just so fucking stupid like i, I forget what his name is but hammond uh i don't remember if that's his first name or his last name but pretty much the creator of that show is so hit and miss with just about everything that he does because that's not the only thing that I've seen him do. Uh, mm. He's also done um, Harmon, 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 uh, Harmon. Yeah. You said, uh, yeah, no, you said Hammond and it threw me off, but it's a, it's not Butch Harmon. It's a, but he does that other, that uh let's quest thing. Fucking exactly. And like, yeah. that was good for an episode. And then after that, it was just like really, it, it it kept kept on like feeling very very forced. Yeah. Um, so I couldn't, I couldn't, I really it's can't get anything that he's done. Apparently, he used to make pedophile jokes, and then he had like that big whole fiasco uh, oh. where he got semi canceled, but then he came back, and after everyone stopped giving a shit, because you know that's just what happens when you're on Twitter. Everyone's trying to fucking cancel somebody, and it, they say sorry for a day, and then everything gets brushed under the rug and shit. So. Sorry. Yeah. I mean, the thing about it is, have you ever actually seen? Have you guys ever actually taken a chance to look at the, um, like the pilot for Rick and Morty? No, no. I don't think so, dude. It, dude, the pilot for Rick and Morty is just some straight up. Like you're saying pedophile jokes and it's basically like Rick and Morty. But I think at the at the point they were called Doc and Marty because it was like a spoof of Back to the Future. It was mm -hmm. like specifically a spoof of Back to the Future. Yeah. And like there's the, like the entire pilot is basically uh, Rick's character telling Morty like, oh, if you want to get this done, you got to just basically suck my dick right now. Like if, if you want to do it like this is what's going to happen. You're, we're we're going to have to just you're going to have to put my dick in your mouth and this is how we're going to go. And you're just like. Somebody saw this and said, this is great, but we need to tone some of this shit down. And didn't, like, wonder why this guy is so obsessed with a kid sucking an old man's dick. You know what I mean? Yes. So, yeah. 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 <laughs> yep. But, anyways, we're here. Yep. Welcome to the show. Corey is out because he had a stream scheduled with Megavisions. 
and uh, I don't know how to work all the production shit that he does for the regular nonsense. So we're here uh-huh. in Discord. We're happy yeah. that you all can make it. <laughs> yeah, yeah I'm, I'm. You know, it's so crazy because I was upset, dude. And and there was a point. There was a point, Chris. Like we were, I was, I was doing my stream right now, and I went on break, and I came back, and I got disconnected, and I was like, "See, Chris, I told you." Like, this is what I want to avoid because I would hate for us to be doing this on my end because I could easily set up like a, a, a super simple camera thing. And then it's just like, it dies in the middle. Like, nope, mm-hmm. Discord will hold on, but everything else is just out the door. No, it makes sense. Corey tried showing me what to do because I was about I had I had all the assets up and I was ready to like start piecemealing everything together. However, there is some really crazy shit that he does that is very specific to the monitor that he uses. He uses a 1440p monitor, and my biggest monitor is 4K. So I would have to mess with the stupid little edging shit that he does with the news channel, and it just was not not happening today. So we're here in in the fucking Discord. Uh, Haru, thank you for joining us. Um, Thank you for having me again. So... We let's 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 hit this iceberg. This not iceberg. This icebreaker. Uh, so iceberg lettuce. Yeah. I had no idea about this until I saw this. I yeah, like, dude. Oh. I so was like, I, on God. So I knew that there was some shit going down with the Metal Gear IP, and I did hear things about it possibly being uh, licensed out. I didn't know that this shit was like, hey, Microsoft actual. Do you want this? Do you wanna do you wanna use this? Fucking yeah. Rumor is that Konami might be licensing out the Metal Gear IP. Uh this one is from the gamer. They were saying last time we heard from Metal Gear was the first two games getting ported to PC last September. Uh the last Metal Gear game was Metal Gear Survive, uh, and it failed because nobody really? played it. It was terrible. It was fucking awful. You had to buy uh you had to fucking buy goddamn what do you call it? Save slots and shit like that. Dude, I waited for that game to go down to like $15 to buy it. I still and like do the, it. And the first day, I was I got excited because at the beginning of the uh of that of that game is basically coinciding with the end of Ground Zeroes right before Phantom Pain. If you guys aren't aware of that, I won't mm-hmm. spoil it. But I thought it was just so great how it lined up. And then after those like 10 minutes, fucking Hindenburg. (laughs) Terrible. Absolutely fucking terrible. Well, right now it's being hinted by this guy named uh, ACG Gaming that Konami is licensing out the Metal Gear Solid IP in relation to Kojima and Xbox. This is a Reddit post that came up about two weeks ago, but now it's being reported on. AC Gaming actually came back to clarify on said Reddit post where he's like, let me let me go ahead and clear the air on this. The The person that told me this has been with me since Far Cry, Far Cry Primal leaks and mostly has been right from Bethesda moving to day, uh, zero day review code. And this year to Deathloop, Bloodlines, Dragon Dogma 2 leak, Xbox Game Boost work, and a couple more this year. I was simply stating that I heard from a source and the same source that informed me that Xbox boost the delay of Deathloop, Bloodlines, and other stuff they had talked about as saying this is happening and that Metal Gear itself 
was in some way up for grabs, which had popped up in discussion about Kojima. Uh, you guys should know that I am not a huge Kojima follower as a person, and I don't follow his work on potential leaks, even though I find them a little bit creepy. That source has been reliable all year, as I said it. Uh, I don't have the time to really discuss these things. Uh, so if they were right about the bloodline stuff and the death loop stuff, I thought that it was trustworthy, which is neat. That shit is uh, that shit is pretty fucking cool. I'm surprised that like they're jumping ship on PlayStation and they're going straight to the competitor because right now, from what we know, and this is another thing that uh, another rumor coming from XS1 STV that Kojima and Microsoft have been in talks and right now they, uh, their lawyers are ironing out some of the details of some, I don't necessarily know if, if it was some program, some people were alluding that potentially Death Stranding would be coming to Xbox or Xbox Game Pass, but there hasn't been anything confirmed on those matters as at all. It just seems weird that a couple of weeks ago or a couple of months ago, Konami had said that they are still willing to work with Kojima in regards to a Silent Hills reboot, even after all the bullshit that happened in the background, and potentially uh, having him work on another Metal Gear. And I know that Kojima was like, I'm done with Metal Gear. I want nothing to do with the IP. I want to do my own thing. Kojima Productions went on and did fucking Death Stranding. That was mixed at best. Yeah. The honeymoon period has more than disappeared for that game. And I think it's I think it's like in one of those weird spots because it's not a bad game, right? It's not it's not a bad game. But it's not I want to say that it's like super avant-garde. It's not like a game like you can't classify it so much as a walking simulator because you actually are doing things. Uh it's just a very interesting art piece. In my opinion, I didn't get too far into uh, into Death Stranding. I want to go back and finish it, but like sometimes I just feel like the the gameplay is just such a slog because it is literally Amazon fucking delivery man simulator with like some really crazy ass in depth bullshit. And sometimes I'm just like, I should just watch all the cutscenes, and maybe yeah. that would su like supplement my desire to see where this thing goes. Yeah. Before before I get into the whole Death Stranding situation, I find it interesting that like this whole Metal Gear IP might be up for grabs and whatnot. Recently, this past week, there is a, a Twitter account um, that has sprung up and comicbook.com actually reported on it. And they're talking about the possibility of a uh, Metal Gear announcement coming up soon. And I posted it right there in the watch party chat right now. Basically, there's this guy posing as an employee from the Big Shell, which is the uh, place where Metal Gear Solid 2 Sons of Liberty takes place, presenting himself as, an as oh, we're going to have an inspection next week because uh, we have important people coming into the site to check these things out. And they're just like repeatedly, repeatedly pushing that there's something happening next week, which I believe is this week. So whether that means that there's an announcement from Konami saying they're going with Microsoft or, you know, Kojima is in the works with them, it's it's very interesting because that profile only follows two accounts, and that's uh, Konami of America and Hideo Kojima. The interesting thing also about this is you mentioned 
the possibility of Metal Gear going over to Microsoft. And if there's a pattern that I'm seeing right here is that Microsoft wants to keep building up their Game Pass. And what better way than to throw in the Metal Gear franchise on there? You got games like Doom. You got games like Yakuza. Like these sets of games. Why not Metal Gear? Well, I would say why not Metal Gear because it like I don't think that Microsoft has ever had the IP. Like the only time any, they had it, well, yeah, the only capacity. time the only time they had it was when for the original Xbox, the Black Machine with the green uh, X on the center. Yeah, that one had a Metal Gear Solid Two substance which was like a bonus like i don't uh, think subsistence was on fucking i own it i own the copy they also for the 360 they had uh the hd well the hd collection rather which was only just two and three and that was it it's mm. one of the things that you like it's backwards compatible with xbox one yep you're right you get everything yeah that's about it you are right okay i didn't know that yeah that's crazy. Other than That'd that, cool. yeah, it's never been like a strong thing at all on the Xbox platform, like at all. the The Legacy Collection was only for PS4. Oh, sorry, PS3. Yeah, but eventually, like, so yeah, it was a half-assed Legacy that they released for the 360, which was like Snake Eater and Sons of Liberty, both the Subsistence and the Substance versions of them. And the Substance version was basically the Xbox version that was ported over to the PS2 at some point, and then remastered for the PS3, and then re-released for the 360. You know, it's just Kojima doing Kojima things, man. That's what he fucking does. He does it in real life, too. Fucks us all over. <laughs> well, that was before... They, the HD collection came up before Legacy Collection ever did. I yeah. think that was, like, for an anniversary, which it says it on the box, I believe? Yeah, it was like the... It's like they released, like, the... They released, like, the anniversary one, then they released, like, the HD collection, and then they released the legacy one. And the legacy one is the one that featured, like, the MSX versions of Metal Gear uh, for the first time actually playable um, in the United States. That's fascinating. Kojima, man. Yeah, Kojima. Kojima. Well, I thought that shit was cool. I was fiending for an icebreaker because I thought I had something today, and then I completely fucking forgot uh it's not so... a bad one to start though i mean i i think another if we're if we were to ever get Metal gear solid like in general onto mm -hmm. the xbox one actually no i was about to say that but i remember that they did actually have phantom pain on the xbox one so i'm gonna scratch what i was about to say because oh, i shit, forgot, I forgot that that was pain. multi-platform yeah you did you're all right they did have phantom pain on there yeah I'm so used to remembering seeing, like, even in the stores that it was for PS3 and then PS4, like, actively in stock. But, no, it <laughs> yeah. was multi-platform. It was uh, multi -platform. And then they rebranded that later on where it's, like, you have the one package that's just all of five. Where it's... Oh, yeah, it's The so first dumb. part, which was Ground, Ground Zeroes Zero. plus Phantom Pain, which it should have been that way, but, of course, Konami was... I don't know what the full story was. I don't think we ever will find out the true story about what actually happened, where they split it up into... They pulled a Sega with Sonic and Knuckles, Sonic 3. Yeah. But you just can't... You know the, I don't know if you can lock them on to one experience. No, I, no, you can't do that. That's unfortunate. I, I, st I still gotta buy that version, and I hate, I hate it 
because it becomes one of those things like Metal Gear is the one series that I always end up buying every single fucking thing that comes out because I have the anniversary collection. I have the legacy collection. I have the HD collection. And so when Phantom Pain came out, I bought both a copy for the Xbox One and the PS4 at the time. Yeah, except the PS4 was the actual collector's edition. So when I heard about that, that, that complete package, like the true, Phantom Pain, whatever experience. That's called. I think it's called I director's ki- cut or something. Yeah, I was kind of excited because in the original Phantom Pain, the game isn't finished. There's a couple of plot of plot lines on there that were just left out. Yeah. Well, there's half-assed. a huge plot line that was left out. Yeah. And yep. you can get like you can unlock like cutscenes and all this shit by like doing the bonus stuff. But so when I heard that they were doing like this true experience, I was like, oh hell yeah, they're gonna add these missions. No. They just said we're just putting the games together in one little neat package, and here you go. I mean, that would have also required trying to uh, recoup whatever relationship they had with Kojima and being like, "Hey, we want you to develop and make the rest of what you had to intend." And that would have been very hard for them to do because they were just like, oh, "Let's just cut our losses and make just a game of the year, quote unquote, version." Which yeah. is interesting. Because I think at that point he was already making Death Stranding. Which is interesting because you know at that time. Even when they cut Kojima loose, they were still making Hand Over Fist off of fucking Puzzles and Dragons. Like, they were making more money off of Puzzles and Dragons than they ever did with any other venture, maybe outside of Pez or Pro Evolution Soccer. I was like, Pez? The candy? (laughs) No, 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 no. So, like, when Konami pretty much backed out of all gaming-centric bullshit... Their only AAA series that they were releasing for the longest time was either anything that Hideo Kojima would release or Pro Evolution Soccer, which apparently is is like the biggest rival that FIFA has. Mm-hmm. It's like the only it's the only true alternative to FIFA. So yeah. when Kojima pretty much dipped the fuck out, they were the only game that they were releasing was PES, and they were making billions billions off of puzzles and dragons so i would have just been like yo what is the last 100 200 million and that's that's a really high number it would have been way less than that but i'm just saying yeah because like it's a drop yeah, in the what do we what do we say what do we look at last time did i say it took 80 million was that the budget that i had said i want to say that the original budget was 50 million which at the time put it at the most expensive video game ever developed and then they, he needed another 30 million it was an expensive project. That's and all now that record goes to Halo Infinite, which who knows how much more that's expensive, how much more the cost has gone up. Yeah, right. but I mean, like, that was now. Like, yeah, even yeah. then, fucking Ground Zeroes or fucking Phantom Pain was usurped by one of the Tomb Raider games. And I believe even beyond that, The Last of Us was an even more expensive project beyond that. Because now you have fucking voice actors that are getting paid nearly on par as low A rank or low A uh, celebrities for movies and shit like that. Like, Troy Baker makes fucking insane fucking money. Absolutely insane money. Yuri Lowenthal makes insane amounts of money for them to just keep on pulling them into these fucking high-profile projects that now exclusively Sony does. Yeah, but yeah. So, so what I'm looking for, what I'm looking at, yeah. Uh, Metal, Phantom Pain was eighty million dollars the budget. 
Uh, Last of Us 2, if I'm reading this right. Oh, no, actually, the first one was 100 million. But still, both are um, overshadowed by GTA 5's budget, which is 165 million. Yeah, but that's 165 million over the course of 10 years. Because that's a um, that's that's a fucking uh, live service game. So I would not say that that necessarily counts. You'd have to go based off of its initial release. That is true. Now, overall, I think that it is relatively neat that we've got uh, new Metal Gear news. That's all I can say at the moment. New Metal Gear news. Yeah. Uh, I think that. I would like to see somebody else take the reins of the Metal Gear series. However, I cannot take... It's going to sound weird. I can't take the Metal Gear franchise serious unless I have Hideo Kojima's bullshit in it. Yeah. Because then it's just not going to be the same. Or maybe, like... I remember the way... I don't remember the specifics, but... Like, I personally consider... Like, it's canon, but it's also, like, a spinoff. Like, mm-hmm. Metal Gear Rising, it wasn't so much written by him, but he oversaw it and made sure it lines up with everything he wanted to do. But they had, like, a different director and a different development team to make sure that it went uh, as it went. And then, of course, Platinum developed it. They made the game. And it's as crazy bullshit as you would expect out of a Metal Gear game, just dialed up to 12, because it's Platinum. I- I so think... maybe if they had, I guess, that kind of spirit with it. Not... Hack and slash, of course, but I think that if it was either Suda fifty one, Platinum, or Sega, that would be good enough. Like if one of those three developers got their hands on the MGS series, I would have been like, okay, let me see what you got. Especially if it was the um the studio. I forget I'm gonna fuck up their name, but the the guys who do Yakuza. If they got their hands on the fucking Metal Gear series, yeah, it's over. Beat beat them up Metal Gear, let's go. Punching it's, machines it's over. and dick. Yo, yo, Let's fucking. Go. You have fucking uh, goddamn. What's his? What's his goddamn name? Majima. Majima. <laughs> Majima. is Liquid Snake. Kiryu is Solid Snake. Let's go. <laughs> no, the interesting thing about it, man, that is just, uh, that could work. It, it can it can go either way. Like you said, it could be like a studio like Rising, uh, a studio like uh, like Platinum that took over Rising and. Kojima just kind of overlooked the project. It worked then, and it also worked with um, a Twin Snakes on the GameCube, Silicon Knights. Kojima had nothing to do with it. He just oversaw it. Why Silicon- does everyone hate Twin Snakes for the GameCube? Because it it was like... I, I, I don't understand why they hate I, it. I have no opinion. opinion. <laughs> yeah, I don't understand why they hate it, in my opinion. To me, I think it's a it's a great game. It was done, but I know a lot of people. The the main complaint is that the cutscenes were a little overdone because they get very at some point matrixy, very like that action style from like back in the early late nineties, early two thousands. Okay, and they did change some of the music too from the original score. So, I I mean minimal things but i don't understand why people hate it so much i enjoy playing that one i actually prefer playing that one over the playstation one version and sometimes by saying that people will be like you know well put me on that hill and be like nope (laughs) we ain't having this here (laughs) but i mean we'll see we'll see what ends up happening with it i'm 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 excited overall that just konami is somewhat coming up again they're releasing a new game it's an indie title that they showcase on the Switch Showcase. 
they're rumored to be in E3. Is the game portion of Konami coming back? I don't know. Uh, Eddie, I really hate to be the bearer of bad news, but you're chopping up really, really bad. I know. I see it. I see. Yeah. I see it too on 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 your guys' end. <laughs> My upload speeds just went down a point thirteen, so I means I probably have to jump off this call. <laughs> I'm so sorry. It's all good. It's nothing. It's nothing I can do. It's uh. I got to contact him tomorrow, but this is the reason why I said it. So if I got to jump off, I got to jump off. All right, man. Yeah. All right, dudes. Be good. Later, later. Later. That both. This will be interesting. <laughs> Hello, Haru. <laughs> What's up, Chris? How you doing? Hello, Haru. <laughs> Anything interesting happening? Oh, uh, fuck. This oh, is, man, no. This is great. Morg, uh, Morg said, "Stop downloading shit." <laughs> Stop downloading shit. And us watching you it's... and us watching you. <laughs> you hate to see it. You hate to fucking see it. Anyway, so I was really interested in what Eddie was trying to say, but I didn't know what he was saying. I was like, "Yo, something's coming to E3," and I'm just like, "What is it?" And then it just starts going. Oh no! It just starts down. Oh yeah, no. Exactly. Yep. It's like the oh no shit. Anyway, how about let's go into weeks haru what have you been up to all right so uh i think it's been what was it like three weeks three or four weeks or whatever than Zyle was last year on the podcast know. you're not about to go into fucking three weeks of fucking shit that you no, no 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 <laughs> i had to i had to think about like how long ago it was because i was like how far back was that uh but i did mention briefly that one of the things i was very much looking forward to but i didn't get around to it just quite yet was playing Pokemon Ranger Shadows of Almia. Okay. And I went through and I beat, and by the way, I still actually have it now this time, so I can show that off to anyone who's here, you know, watching live on the Discord call. Nice. I beat the game after about the game save told me I had about, I think, 32 hours. It might be under like 35, 32 hours. That's not bad. This is, without a, without a doubt, one of the best Pokemon games I've played, bar none. And it's the majority of the game is just you're just drawing a lot of circles, but the way how like so th there's an argument to be made when it comes to what you expect out of a Pokemon story, and I can kind of see both sides where you do just want to go through your Pokemon battles, you want to be able to train your animals, you want to be your your Pokemon rather, you want to be able to make sure you can hyper train your team, make sure you breed. Make sure you have your close encounters, your gym, your rival battles. Uh, the main story, which is you getting the badges. The underlying story, which is whatever legendary is you're going to be catching. And mm -hmm. then the other story, which is what is the other conflict that's happening. So for, like, Generation 2, it's, oh, eventually God of defeats uh, Lance, who's the Pokemon champion. But, but, like, the other story is, oh, you have Suicune, Entei, and Raikou who are the guardians of that area. And then you also have Team Rocket who wants to come back. You have those three different kinds of stories all going on at the same time. This game has the one main plot where you have to, as a Pokemon Ranger, you have to save this region from getting taken over by a team called Team Dim Sun, which is, you know, it's like the, the dimming of a sun, like Twilight Hours, I'm assuming, or making sure that these this team can take over the world. And they want to do it because... They are being led by someone named, I think his name is Professor Kincaid. Or, not Professor Kincaid, but his name is Kincaid. And he wants to 
with the cooperation of someone named, I think his name is Bl uh, Blake, who leads a company called, I think, Altru, which I don't know if that is a parody of the word like altruism. It might be. I don't know. The localization for Pokemon games is kind of weird. But they're like, if we have this dark crystal, this giant, large, dark crystal that was found years and years and years ago, we can harness it and use it to mend Pokemon's abilities and minds to our will without actually like doing anything with them. We don't have to catch them. We don't have to search them out or nothing. We will send a mind-warping blast like oh, as a radius of like hundreds of miles away. So you're like, well, we can't have that. Uh, you and someone else whose name is Keith, whether or not you play as a boy or a girl, basically become the top rangers out of your school to then put a stop to all that. And the whole game, I was told by one of my friends, um, uh, sometimes in the the Twitch chat, uh, Nerd Drummer, who tells me it's re uh, relative to beat uh, Elite Beat Rangers on the DS. I think it's the name of the game. So Pokemon Rangers is a rhythm game. No, but I, I don't know why he described like that. I think he because of the whole constant like dialing of the style. So, my I have no battery power whatsoever. But here's my 3ds right here. So you take the stylus, and the idea is that you draw a lot of circles because you're trying to befriend the Pokemon so that you can make you can ask them, hey, can I borrow your ability so you can help me resolve this either a natural disaster or a smaller issue. Like, say, in a neighborhood. There's this one side quest that I actually enjoyed. I, I got a chuckle out of it. Where this guy that you caught earlier was a bad guy. But he's like, alright. I have a crush on this person named Erina. I think her name is Erina. Might be wrong. Let me know, Meds, if I'm getting this wrong. Which she's probably watching right now. And I want to be able to show her a Pokemon that I know she really, really likes. But I need you to find it for me because I'm not a ranger. So, go to this area, find the Pokemon, and then just kind of bring it back. So, you can, it's something as simple as that, or like, I need a Blastoise to put out a fire. Okay. I am kind of jumping here and there, only because I've done so much of the gameplay, and just, it's, and again, let me go, let me dial back again. Let me think back to where my original point was, which is about story. There is a lot of good writing about the story. Okay, And I think that Pokemon games in general can benefit if they found a balance like what this game did. Because I actually found out that the same people who do like the models in general, uh, I think Creatures Inc., are the people who made this game. Which I did not know that. Well, before we move forward, let's just clarify a few things. What is the significance of a Pokemon Ranger? Like, where does that play in as far as like comparing it to like... Other trainers and champions and fucking gym leaders and so on and so forth. What what are they? I honestly wish that they had more significance because about... I think that the Rangers should have had more significance compared to like leaders, champions, and trainers in general. Overall, in the atmosphere of the Pokemon universe... I guess they're more like a support class, like because okay. they don't do battles, but they're very much like I guess like the emergency, like shit's going down. There's no trainers around. We need people right now to be able to help us because shit could get really dire. Like at the very end of the game, you have to deal with legendary Pokemon 
basically breathing down your neck. Okay. But so of they're you like don't battle. You're basically calming them down. They're they're like the the mounties or like the fire department. They're there kind to of, like yes. be the buffer between these supernatural disasters that are these legendary Pokemon and then the rest of civilization. Well, it's not so much that the legendary Pokemon are responsible for these disasters, but like there are a few points where because you're trying to like you're trying to resolve something, one will pop and be like, hey, are you basically it'll be like, are you worthy? I don't know. And then, of course, you use the gameplay to actually kind of, I guess, persuade it to uh, let you pass. Kind of like, like you shall not pass. Circle, circle, circle. Yes, now you can pass. Something kind of like that. It's it's a very basic way that I'm explaining it, but that's kind of how it goes. But it's all, of course, again, the Team Dim Sum that I'm referring to earlier, though. Okay. And it's just generic. It's just... I don't want to say generic because it's kind of downplaying about how they are, but they want to take over the world, and you got to put a stop to that by basically not being a trainer, not being anyone that's going to you know attack and hurt Pokemon. You want to make sure that you befriend them and borrow their abilities. A few times you will find Pokemon that actually attach to you, so they will follow you no matter what, but you can only have one with you. So, like, when I started off, I had a Munchlax, which extends, like, how much your line is, because the more powerful you get, the more, not so much damage you do when you're circling the number of times, but the more, like, easier it is to actually rescue Pokemon. Okay. The more you circle around and go faster. And then, by the time you get done with the game, you can just go, boom, boom, you're done. Within, like, a fraction of a second. You get really good at drawing circles, basically. Very well. So, Pokemon Circle, that's what this is. (laughs) Basically, it is very – the reason why I say the story was important is because despite its repetitive nature about the fact that you are drawing circles, which is the main gameplay, it's the charm and the writing behind everything that I, it kept me engaged, which is why I went back to earlier. I'm like, there could be an argument made about how maybe some games should incorporate more of this, but I can understand where people would be like – like when it came to, I think, Generation 7, which was Sun and Moon, which was very cutscene heavy. And people were just like, oh, I don't care. And then they kind of dialed it back for Generation 8. Right. So I can kind of get both sides. But there is a really good animation. Jada Animation had a very good video that explained the appeal of Shadows of Omnia. There is also a few episodes that they appeared in the anime. That I had to, with my friend Medkits, we had to search online, not only for the episode, but apparently several of the websites had the episodes listed incorrectly. And you can't find them on the official Pokemon website, because they only have, I think, seasons 9, and then 12, 13, 15, and that's it. And then trying to find it, like, say, on Kiss Anime, or one of the many Kiss Animes, mm-hmm. it's considered an OVA, so you can't even search it up by season. So it's like, well, damn it. That's so we annoying. basically we had to do some internet sleuthing to be able to watch it. It's also available on a movie, which was, I think, Pokemon Ranger and the Temple of Mew? No, no, no. Mystery of Mew. I might be getting that wrong, which I, I do plan to be wrong, but I, it, they are in a movie at least. Okay. But several of the characters are in the anime, just sporadic, and Ash is like, oh, hey, I remember you. 
but they take some insane liberties with what they've done, which is unfortunate. So if you wanted to see, like, say, the anime where they had an appearance, I won't say it won't do any favors to try to get you interested, but I will say that it's, like, it's not anywhere near close to what happened in the game because they use a promotional two-parter to say, hey, this is part of the game, which if you have the game and you connect online, you can get it for a limited time. So it was kind of like how we do the uh, Pokemon distribution nowadays, where you have to be available at a certain time to get something. Right. But the anime was like, oh, it's actually with the power of this one person who's psychic and figures out this one thing. And then this stuff happens over here. We're going to introduce a few new characters exclusive only to the anime. And then it's resolved. You're just like, that's a massive oversimplification of what happened. But whatever. But it was a very fun game. I wish we had more of it the last time we got it, which was the third game, which I think was in the mid to late 2000s, early 2000s. And we haven't had anything since. I think if they brought it to the Switch it would have to be handheld only because I don't trust the gyroscope of the uh, the Joy-Cons to work right. very well because there's no infrared. Right. You can't point at a you can't point at a screen and have it work nearly as well. That makes sense. No, that does make sense. I get what you're saying. If it was still on the Wii, if it ever came to the Wii, that would have been cool because that would have been easy because they did a bunch of light games like House of the Dead and the many many other games that I'm forgetting right now they're on the Wii. I never, didn't have a Wii for very long myself, so I can't think of many top of my head. But it'd be nice to see it come back. I don't know what they would do. I think if anything they did, it, it would probably... I don't want to say not pulled off well because I don't want to have that little bit of faith, but just like, I want to see it come back. I just don't know how they would do it. Other than that, with Pokemon Ranger, which I did spend time doing, uh... I am practicing for a tentative, I'm saying tentative, challenge with, uh, I think, Eddie to do Super Mario Bros. 3. I was practicing that earlier today. I am also spending some time uh, practicing uh, Sonic Mania Plus just for the heck of it and going through the classic Sonic games. Okay. Just for the heck of it because I, I just love those games so damn much. Uh, and trying to see... I'm still finding some stuff that I didn't know about Sonic 3 specifically out of the And Knuckles. And apparently the the ROM hack, which is Sonic 3 Complete, does some stuff that I have yet to go into. But other than that, I actually haven't been doing very much. I wrote very little in comparison to last time where I said, yeah, I might go to my my, my little corner, write a little bit from the once fanfic that I'm doing, but I haven't put too much time into it, though. Oh, and I watched Mortal Kombat. I forgot about that. I completely forgot about that, the fact that I watched Mortal Kombat 2021. I I would love to talk about it. Yeah. Mostly because I don't care too much about movies, and I don't care about spoilers, but I know that the movie just came out, and not ready for the spoiler cast, but Without, yeah, I don't like, want to spoil it for anyone who hasn't seen it. Without getting into it, get into why you don't like the okay. movie. So, so I will say with no spoiler, I have seen every single piece of Mortal Kombat media. I've seen the god-awful promotional movie uh, Journey Begins, 
which was made, I think, for the first movie. Okay. Which was like, uh, did you ever see that? No. It was uh, like, I... I don't give a shit. That's right. You don't. You don't care that much about Mortal Kombat. I remember yeah, no, that. No, I am not a Mortal Kombat fan. They made a 53, 53 minutes promotional video outlining here are these warriors of Mortal Kombat and what the movie will be talking about. But it actually was kind of like a animated version of the first act of the movie, where none of the events of that animated special happen in the movie. But it is what it is, and I think it was promoted six months or so. Is these two is these two dimensionally drawn cartoon characters amongst a CG everything else, and all of the combat from the flashbacks is just uh, CG, and then everything else when it comes to like the two D is like the worst, most recycled. I saw that looped animation at least four times now kind of budget. It's a very, very low budget cartoon promo piece. I saw Mortal Kombat Defenders of the Realm, which was a weekly kids show of Mortal Kombat where there was no blood, no gore, no nothing. No one died ever. It was very It's the G.I. Joe. It was the G.I. Joe of fucking Mortal Kombat. Yes. I saw, for a brief bit, I saw the live-action Mortal Kombat show that aired on, I think, Sci-Fi Channel? I didn't and know that, that existed. I saw, yeah, it was very, very short-lived. I saw both movies, the original movies, the original 1995 Annihilation after that. I saw the pilot for Mortal Kombat, which was, like, gory and super bloody, and it was, like, I think a 12-minute short. I saw Mortal Kombat Legacy, which was a live-action series, short series, which was on, later released to DVD and Blu-ray. So you've and seen everything. And then I saw everything. this one. And I played all the core games. I played all of them, including up Shaolin to 11 Monks. and Shaolin Monks. I actually didn't play Shaolin Monks outside of a demo. I just never got that game. But I did play, like, 99% of them. So I'm aware of, like, how stupid and dumb and campy all Mortal Kombat's supposed to be. Right. I know all of its mood, all of its moods and its different variations it's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. I feel like this movie misses the mark out of the gate because... Of a few things. The first thing is I think it takes itself way too seriously. I think the fact... Well, it wants to take itself seriously, but also not. Because within the first ten minutes... And I I get it. It's an R-rated movie. We're going to have blood gore cursing the works. We're not going to have nudity and sex scenes. Because that's not Mortal Kombat. Aww. (laughs) Nah. Just go to your freaking... Go to like Pornhub and look up Melina or whatever. Whatever you guys need to do to get your fix. Yeah, because I want a blowjob of that. Thank you. You say that. You say that. I do say people that. Have, <laughs> people have made that shit for that. I do say that. Uh, but for some reason, and the, the I think the director or screenwriter has gone on record saying that when they got on the project, the original character was there before they signed on and they couldn't do anything about it. So they had an original character named Cole Young who is just there. And they had to ride around it where it's like, okay, so we want to have all these characters. We want to celebrate that people want this movie to be good, to be about Mortal Kombat. And you have all these characters come into one feature presentation. So we got to get our Scorpion. we got to get our Sub-Zero, Liu Kang, Jax, Melina. No Katana, though, which is a little bit weird. Kano, Shang Tsung. And no disrespect to this actor who's doing Shang Tsung because I know no one can replace Kiri Hudayuki Tagawa, but he's no Kiri Hudayuki Tagawa. 
he does in my opinion he doesn't have the personality to be like like evil snake like yes your soul is mine like that kind of that kind of swagger i guess right like he's supposed to be a piece of shit who invites these earthlings to a tournament under the guise that like you can win riches or whatever but he's actually going to kill them and steal their souls because he's uh, he's lived for thousands and thousands of years mm-hmm. but you have this story and i'm going to butcher it because i tried so hard to follow and i felt so bad because i was the one streaming it in my server where i actually sold i told everyone when we were in the middle of watching i'm like i forgot what is happening I didn't get an answer back because no one was able to get me an answer. Like, oh, I forgot to. And I'm like, damn it, that sucks. The idea is that they had the people from, like, the Outer Realm go to Earth to kill them before the tournament happened. But then it starts off with Scorpion and Sub-Zero's story, the origin, about why Scorpion hates Sub-Zero, which is the original Blue Freeze guy. Because there's two of them who froze and killed his family and his entire clan. Remember. And then... Remember, spoiler free. Yeah. Yes. This is on YouTube. You can watch this part on YouTube. Okay. This part's on YouTube. They they promoted this part, at least on YouTube. Then it just kind of ignores that. Kano has the same role where he's like, he's an Australian, he's a bad guy who I think so- Sonya captured, but because of the fact that Cole... And herself and Kano have the dragon mark, which I think is a birthmark, which says you're chosen. So they're like, okay, we need to get involved with the thing called the Mortal Kombat Tournament, which is a thing that's been passed and prophesied for generations that defends our Earth from this other thing. And then they meet Liu Kang, who is super preachy and like prophetic and like soft soft spoken. I think that's the word I'm looking for. Mm-hmm. It doesn't feel like these characters are the characters that they say they are. It feels like they are... Well, not all of them. Some of them are okay. Like the Kugula that we have, he's okay. But the generic... The gist of the movie is that it feels like it's just kind of like one scene happening against like another. They're just kind of strung together. Like we just... Why are we fighting? Because we gotta. So you, why is this stuff happening? Because we gotta. So you feel like there isn't enough motivation for the plot points to progress in this movie. That's what I'm hearing. Yeah, and I and I understood that too from other perspectives. Where I'm like, I know that Mortal Kombat's a dumb story. Mm-hmm. I know that it doesn't need to have a great story, but it at least needs to feel campy. It needs to feel like it's self-aware, and it just kind of feels like. It wants to have its cake and eat it too, I guess. I don't know. It feels... It's so weird. It's a weird mishmash where the majority... And I feel like a crazy person because I'm trying to go and watch different perspectives, different reviews, different what things people are are saying. Because again, I've seen everything. I've played everything. Well, most everything. And everyone's having fun, but what they keep bringing up is like because they had this, this, and this. So I'm thinking to myself, is it really... As basic as just because you had the gore and the fighting and that's what's winning people over. Because I get why that's why what's interesting. Because that goes into why did Mortal Kombat get popular in the first place? Because of the gore. That's what brought it back. That's what made it a uh, anti-Street Fighter. Like, this is the cool fighting game. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. It just doesn't feel like there's 
there's there's there's that end thing that it's missing to me and it made me upset if only because I'm just like I can see a glimpse of something that is more Mortal Kombat rather than it's just monsters or whatever cuz like <laughs> when Goro does appear again no spoilers it's in this really weird situation where I'm like that was it wait really and then the whole like chat that was with me just sort of just we just laughed so I'm just like this is I don't know guys I don't know I, I don't know I I so a lot of the things that I have heard is that the fight scenes are great, but I did go and read the synopsis of the movie, and I'm not going to get into it, uh, like what goes on. However, I do feel that when reading the synopsis and the way that the characters act and operate is very against the traditional character that I've seen in other games. Sub-Zero is my favorite Mortal Kombat character. And the way that they wrote him and the way who they have him side with and how he interacts with other characters makes me mad. Like, you said Sub-Zero? Sub-Zero. Like, okay. I love, I love Sub-Zero. He's my favorite MK character. But yeah. I, and I can't get into it without re- revealing the story. Yeah. But I am very disappointed with the way that they wrote Sub-Zero in. I don't like that they the way that they depicted Liu Kang. I don't like that the way that they uh, depicted a lot of the characters because I feel like it goes against what we've seen in the games. So, you know, it's uh, and again without spoiling because I'm not gonna say it. Mm-hmm. But if you play the games, you know that the reason why Sub Zero is all like had that uh, thing against Scorpions because he was uh, tricked into killing off. Uh, Scorpion's family because of he was under Quan Chi's power, under Quan Chi's uh, manipulation. Quan Chi is a character who was introduced in Mortal Kombat 4, blah, 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 nerd shit, nerd shit, whatever. Right. But he's not even mentioned. He's not even a footnote in this movie. So it's just Sub-Zero being an asshole because he's here. So I'm like, I know Sub-Zero is an asshole in general because the second one, who is the younger brother, who we know later on, he's cool. But, like, there's no... There's no reason for this internal conflict, which you can watch on YouTube, by the way, which I think is the official Mortal Kombat YouTube channel, which is the first, I think, six and a half minutes. Like, Jax, he's cool. Nope, no, no, no complaints about him, but like, Liu Kang and Kulao, like, what the fuck happened? Raiden is the worst. And Raiden is usually that character who, like, if he's not, like, I know, he's not Christopher Lambert, but like, and I feel like an asshole, where I'm just like, I get that these that English is not their first language but like why why did why was there not a different decision made here about not so much the way how they can speak but like how they carry themselves mm-hmm. and i think that like if you have a figurehead like Shang Tsung Raiden there should be a mm, you should you should feel that the guardian of Earthrealm versus this manipulative sorcerer who's in charge of Mortal Kombat, trained by Shao Kahn. Like the the there was a movie got away with at least oh Liu Kang has young has a younger brother named Chen. It's a very generic Chinese action movie name Chen. Eh? Yeah. But it worked. 
it worked as a motivation for Liu Kang to get revenge against Shang, Shang Tsung, and the rest of the movie carried itself on its campiness. You know, you have people like Johnny Cage, this is where you fall down. You know, Kano begging Sonya, give me a break, and she cracks his neck. See? Shit, like, that's hilarious. Dumb. Hilarious. But, like, I don't know. It's... Uh... And I tried to go with an open mind. I tried I tried that so hard, because, again, I've inv I have invested the pit of all of the bullshit, even stuff that people don't like in Mortal Kombat 11, which I understand. <laughs> but it's... Mm, I don't know, man. I don't know. But it's okay. It's okay. I have Sonic the Hedgehog in the movie, so I'm okay. <laughs> Ultimately, I'm fine. <laughs> Very well. So, I mean, like, as much as I like Mortal Kombat, I'm at least begrudgingly happy that people are having fun with it, but it's not for me. It's the new But canon. I'm not going to lose sleep over it. I'm not going to lose sleep over it because, again, it's not like the main thing I was worried about. Again, Sonic was, but that's going pretty well, and I'm looking forward to where the sequel's going. Very well. And anything else in the future, of course, leading to that. Hell yeah. Yep. Mortal Kombat, Pokemon Shadows of Omnia, Little Writing. Yeah. All right, then. What about you, man? How you been doing? I've been uh, I've been all right. My back has been killing me on and off for the last couple of weeks. Today, like, I was supposed to go see my personal trainer. That shit was not happening. My back was completely fucking torqued. I mean, like, done, done. So... Uh, mm. but as far as like things I've been doing fucking, uh, this past Saturday, Boxer and I start kicked off the first week of our Killer Instinct League. Yes. So we started the, the 2013 version of Killer Instinct. We're doing a weekly, uh, we were doing a weekly round robin. We are no longer going to do a round robin and about to go into why, uh, ah. I want to say that I had this thing planned for maybe a week or two. I think it was only about a week. But when I when I had it set up, we had like a, you know a small group of players, like maybe like nine or ten of them. I had set up bracket like boxers already streaming. I have the players in the chat with me, and I'm just like, yo, let's fucking go, let's kick this shit off. And I forget to set the bracket. I forget to solidify the bracket oh, and i had already gone no. through all the players oh no told him all the rules what we're planning on doing like hey pay attention to this version of the bracket and as me and h2o are in our first match because he's the one that i got matched up against the first time i hear somebody come into the fucking discord and i'm like who the fuck is joining and then i go to reset the like refresh the bracket page Everything changes because two new people join the fucking bracket. And I'm just like, oh, no, we had nine rounds. That shit bumped up to 15. We were there. We started at seven. We didn't get off until one, one in the morning, just playing Killer Instinct. And like the players were just like, this is the most fun I've had. But goddamn, I'm tired. I'm so fucking tired. <laughs> you described it once before, but what is round robin? So round What's robin, essentially what round robin is, is that everybody fights everybody. And the way that you figure out who comes out with the most points is based off of how many wins that they get. So for every win that you get, okay. you get right. a point. So it's the difference of if you, 
the you can have a perfect score by just beating everybody. And if you lose some matches, that's okay. If you win all of your matches and the games that you have in between, you lost some, you'll still get the full value. So at the end of it, like our top player had 45 points because, hey, Diglett, he's from Brazil. He just did not fucking lose whatsoever. Then you have other players who went 14 and one. And those players who went 14 and one, the difference was, is that some of them lost or, or some of them didn't win as many matches as other ones. So while they have the mm. same win rate, the number of wins that you get against other people matter. Like 45, and then the next players had like 42 and 41 points. It is what it is. You just didn't win as much. So we we had like some people disputing. I was like, hey, what what happened here? Why why am I matched up? Why do I have the same win rate as somebody else, but I'm considered to be in sixth place when they're in fourth? So we had a little bit Makes of a sense. dispute there. But honestly, all in all, it was a very 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 fun night. I had a very positive experience. Lessons learned. Fucking complete your bracket an hour before the match or the event starts off so that we don't have that mm. problem again. And no, I'm not doing fucking round robin. We're doing Swiss next time. And we're only doing eight rounds. That's it. Shit. That is it. Because like, I could have done the traditional top eight system, but if I did yeah. the top eight system, we would have been done in like two hours. I want to create a league where everybody keeps on coming back and they have a reason to do better because yes. it's one thing to go in and go oh and two and say, okay, well, I tried. I think I'm getting better, but it all comes down to who I'm matched up against. When you do a round robin or when you do Swiss, you know, you can see the progress as your last matchup. You probably went oh and three, but this time you went one and three and you're like, okay, I can see the 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 fruits of my labor as i'm getting better against these guys that are like a few notches above me as far as the skill cap goes this entire experience overall however has made me fall in love with killer instinct that game is you told so me a little bit about your much, you're like and you're just like holy shit yeah, yeah i was not expecting it i knew nothing about killer instinct going into it i did not play the fucking super nintendo version i did not play the n64 version i looked at it i'm just like okay there's a skeleton guy and a wolf <laughs> and i'm just like that does not appeal yeah. to me uh but i got my hands on fucking full gore and full gore is like yo this is like a mix between a robot yeah it's it's like a mix between ken and kai like he's got the the little fucking low dash move. He's That's got a combination. It is it is a bit of a combination. I mean, Kai is like the the Shoto baby, right? Kai Kisuke yeah. is the Shoto baby. But just going in there, it's it's one of those things where all of the characters are so different, but at the same time, their combo structure is nearly the same. So the way that everything works out is that you all of your moves have different properties. You have your openers, and then you have your auto combo filler, and then you have a link move, and then you have another auto combo filler, and then you have your finisher. I had no idea KI had auto combos. Yes. So, and I can't really That's speak. That's news to me. Okay. I can't huh. speak for like, um, what is it? I can't speak for the older games, but I can speak for the 2013 entry. 
right? Right. So with 2013 KI, uh, the way that it would work, and I'm just playing full gore, right? If I go in and I do quarter circle forward kick, that would that would be my opener. I'm getting in. You have the option of mashing either light, medium, or heavy buttons. And depending on what button that you're pressing, you get a number of hits off of that move. So it's like I do my opener, one, two, three, four, five. And I'll do like a five-hit combo off of that. And then from there, I have to link my combo into the second half of the overall combo. So I'll go in like quarter circle forward kick. And then after that, I'll do quarter circle forward punch, which is like his Hadouken or his fireball. And then I can switch from whatever button I was originally pressing. Let's say that I started off doing like light punches. I can now switch over to heavy punches and then do another combo based off of that. And then go in for my finisher, which is usually like some sort of heavy attack or shadow attack or some shit like that. There's also ways that you can go ahead and you can cancel the combo meter because in order for you, in order to keep you from doing like the infinite combo, so to say, um, they cap off how many hits that you can get in or how many combos you can link together. However, you can break that by combining shadow specials. And so it's almost like an EX move. Where you do the EX move okay. and everything turns right. dark and then they you you link that hit and then the combo meter resets because you get to see your combo meter refill or you get to see your combo meter fill up. And by the time that you get to the end of that notch, it's automatically going to lock you out of finishing off that combo. That's why you want to get the finisher because... As you do your auto combo, you're not necessarily doing a whole lot of damage, but depending on what button you're pressing, you're doing potential damage. And that potential damage does not inflict actual damage unless you do a finisher. Holy shit. So the game is balancing accessibility with like complex like mechanics. Like it, it is, it is like, it is a really strong give and take between like easy to get into gameplay and then like difficult to master gameplay. I try to understand a little bit of it when I watched Maximilian dudes do the um, Killer Instinct is back tournament mm-hmm. on Twitch, which was like I think a few months ago uh, at this point of the recording. And I just fucking loved watching it because there's this one guy who was playing as Fulgore but the costume he had was like a retro like robot costume, yeah. which was really fucking cool. And I, I loved watching because it, it was so hype because the way I, they, like, they were doing, like, what you're saying, like, it was like going to go into a combo, stop, shadow. Because like, I was like, there's new meters now compared to when I last watched it. Mm-hmm. And then it kept going on in the chat, just fills up with like, a bunch of laser emotes. And it's just like, I want to play this. And it's on Steam now, ain't it? Yes. In fact, so I, we're what all you're telling me is I need Steam. to get this on Steam then. You need to get this on Steam. You need to join the league. You need, Fuck. You need to join Damn in. <laughs> we, ha- we have this league on alternating Friday you and brought Saturdays. brought me back in. Yo, bro, we got to do it. We got to fucking Holy do it. Shit. It's so fucking good. It's so fucking good. I've been sleeping on this shit. I'm an idiot. I'm the fucking moron. So <laughs> this game is fin- fantastic. And, the, and like what's also really fucking cool is that as the opponent – you don't have to take the hits done. You know, you get caught in a combo, fucking combo breaker that bitch. Yeah, you can combo breaker it. 
but like you have to pay attention to the speed of the hits or pay attention to your life bar and depending like if you if you get hit by a lot of light attacks your potential damage is going to be really really small but if you get hit by a lot of heavy attacks the potential damage is going to probably go halfway to the halfway to the meter so you have to pay attention and guess whether or not someone's doing a light medium or heavy combo on you because you can combo breaker that shit and it's just like having burst but instead of having burst and just wasting it you have burst all the time that was gonna be my next question because i thought about like mortal kombat x specifically Mm -hmm. where you have to have enough meter to break anyone out of a combo at any point, if you spend that meter, and I didn't know, like, does it rely like on an EX system or like no. a combat kind of system or whatever, so or a burst? Where it's, this like, is the, all the, the way that it works is that you can combo breaker at any time, but if you guess wrong, you're locked out of combo breaker for a set period of time. Oh. And if you guess wrong, the opponent gets to link his combos for longer. So it's a risk reward type thing where some of the That's players was like a big one. Sometimes it's better off just taking the fucking combo because there's a set <sighs> amount of damage that they can deal to you. Okay. But if you pay attention to your fucking potential damage that you're taking, you and you see them like I bet you that's heavy damage or I bet you that's medium damage, you just do a medium combo breaker and it just kicks them out. You have to play a mind game with it's, the opponent that you're with. Right, which is why if you are okay. the if you're the attacker, you want to switch up when you're doing light, medium, or heavy attacks. You don't want to always go in hitting medium, 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 medium. Because at that point, it's just like, this guy's just hitting medium. I'm going to combo breaker medium, and he's never going to get any damage on me. Damn. And you can do that with like the shadow versions, right, too? Oh, yeah. Now, now <laughs> see, there's that because I'll be like counter breaker, shadow counter, and like there's there's combo breakers for combo breakers. Like somebody does a combo breaker, and like you yeah. as the offensive person, you sit there and like I bet you they're gonna combo breaker here. You stop hitting buttons, and then it automatically counter combo breaks their combo breaker, and you continue your combo. Oh. And it's <laughs> it is so it's it is just, so nope, stupid. Get back in the corner. It is so dumb. It's like baiting a burst in Guilty Gear. That's what it's like. You go in there, and you just go ham, and it's like, I bet mm. you he's going to fucking burst. Let me, oh, I love that. Let me just chicken guard for one second. I love it. Take their burst. Oh, you're mine now. It's over. It's it's done. It's done. I got you. Bro, this game is American Guilty Gear. This game is American Guilty Gear with as fast as it goes. It is so fucking good. And it has a good soundtrack because it's done by McLord. Oh, the the soundtrack is phenomenal. It's it is absolutely fucking phenomenal. The For those music who don't know, so the same guy behind good. Doom 2016 and the base game of Doom Eternal. I didn't fucking know that, but it's great. It's fucking fantastic. Yeah. So, yo, if you. Ooh. If you guys want to get into some fucking fighting games, you don't want to get into that weep shit, play KI. Play Killer Instinct. I you were saying earlier how you didn't play like the Super Nintendo or the N64 version. That's all I knew about the game was like its music. Mm-hmm. That's all I knew about it. That and the theme song growing up. I didn't have the game either. And, and like the, the little details that they have in there for the music itself, the fact that any time that you move a button on the menu and it plays a note from the main of theme, the theme song, song. Oh my yeah. god, that is genius. It's fucking genius. 
It is mm-hmm. so fucking good. They've got atmospheric tracks. They've got heavy in your face tracks. Uh, all of the fucking all like. Outside of certain Echo characters, all of the characters are so fucking unique with their game plan. Like, not a lot of the characters feel like they play like other ones. Yeah, you can make a case for Jago and Fulgore, how they're essentially the Shoto characters. But then you have, like, mm-hmm. characters like Hisako and Idol. Like, Idol, like, randomly changes whether he's a rushdown, beat, beat in your face type character or he's straight up zoning. And you don't get to choose. Is that the giant one that fills up the majority of the screen? Is that the one? Yeah. No, 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 no. Okay. No. So you're, you Which might be thinking of Agonos. Agonos' okay. entire game plan is that he takes rocks, he eats them, and then it builds up his, uh, his defense. Okay, so he's Phoenix right then. And then you have Idol, who is this twin-headed giant, but you, ha- you see electricity moving back and forth from his head. And depending mm. on where the power stands is what type of character that it is. So if it's on the red side, okay. it's a rushdown character. If it goes to the blue side, it's a fucking zoner. Uh, mm. Dude, it's it's absolutely fit. They've got the main character. They got Rash from fucking Battletoads. He turns into a fucking wrecking ball. An it's Arbiter great. from Halo. It's great. Arbiter from Halo. Yeah, it's, it's fucking exactly. insane. Yes. It's absolutely fucking. Play Killer Instinct. God, I need to get that shit, like, ASAP. Play Killer Instinct. I am telling you right now. Play Killer Instinct. Get the definitive version. It's on sale pretty frequently, but if you're going to get any version of the game, I highly recommend that you get the Steam version. Because it's yep. the easiest Killer one Cuts to connect version, with your friends. It, Killer Cuts Edition is forty three sixty nine right now on Steam. Well, what you once you get Killer Instinct, y'all bitches need to join my league. Because on May 28th, I want to say, roughly around there, and in fact, I'm going to double check that real quick. Yeah, May 28th, we have the Warrior Realm Tournament. Uh, I cannot give too many details on what the requirements are going to be for you to join that. But in the Mm -hmm. meantime, if you want to get in on that tournament, you have to fucking join the league. So jump in that league, get some points. When you get points, if you're in the top four, you get you get a couple of dollars thrown your way. But more importantly, you're fighting for seed. So the number one player is going to be number one seed. The number two player is going to be number two seed. So on and so forth. So we're we're supposed to have like a really fucking good show come the end of May. Yeah, I've wanted to pull the trigger on this eventually at some point, but like what I didn't, I had no idea it was that accessible. Yeah, it it's bro, it, I, I it's almost brain dead. It's like it's almost brain dead, but you still got to think about what you're doing. Would because... you say that it's a different because the way how like Dragon Ball? F- I know you don't like the game as much. Mm-hmm. But I know Dragon Ball Fighters has a similar like auto combo thing. Would you say Nothing it's like it. done differently? Completely different. Completely, Completely different. different. Okay. So like Boxer explains it like this. It's like in Dragon Ball Fighters, you have light auto combos, which is a seven hit combo. You have medium auto combos, which is a three-hit combo, and then you have your heavy attacks. And the way that your that you build your like your uniqueness, not necessarily like showing off like your playstyle of your team, but pretty much your understanding of how you build your team. 
So, you know, your your lead, your anchor, your your middle, whatever the fuck they, they call it in fucking three-man fighting games and shit right. like that. But the thing is, like, when you pick a character, that character is going to play a certain way. And it's going to be almost the same thing. You have, like, a few pokes that you use, and when you get in, it's just bread and butter, bread and butter, bread and butter, fucking 20-hit combos, switch out, try to go for the kill, or some stupid shit like that. Try to do a touch of death. And I'm not I'm not trying to knock people who play Dragon Ball Fighters. That game is a great game to fucking watch. I love watching it. I hate playing it. I absolutely hate fucking playing it. I don't think that it's <laughs> fun to me, but I like Dragon Ball Z. I like Dragon Ball, so I like watching the Dragon Ball fighting game and watching dynamic finishes and shit like that. I think it's cool. But no, as far as like Killer Instinct is concerned, it's like you have to pay attention to what their opener is, how they're linking their combos. When you think that you can get out, running that risk, there's a lot of risk reward when it comes to Killer Instinct. It's the game's just so fucking good. I don't care. It's just it's <laughs> like I said, it feels Your takeaway like is play KI. It's a fast-paced Guilty Gear that is just like kind of really easy to get into because guilty gear is a hard game to get into it's not guilty gear plus r and i to a certain extent rev 2 are the hardest 2d fighting games to get into because there is not not necessarily that there's so much to understand as far as like combos are concerned but there's a lot of mechanics in those games that you just have to have a lot of really strong execution to land properly And coming to a game like KI where it's just like, these are the five things that you need to remember. These five things. And these are how they interact with each other. Everything just revolves around these five things. Instead of a fucking game like Guilty Gear where your meter does seven fucking different things. And that's just scraping the surface. Because then you have character specific gimmicks and how they affect fucking uh the meter bar and then some of them have their own fucking meter and then it's it's just a lot just a lot i love guilty gear guilty gear is still my favorite fucking game in case y'all haven't uh been able to parse he loves guilty gear but killer instinct is fucking sick uh, that's you basically killer... found a diamond in the rough that you just didn't know man i just didn't know about it i just i didn't fucking know about it. i'm an idiot i'm stupid this is my fault this sounds really I, fucking I had... good I had fucking goddamn eight years to figure this shit out, and I fucking threw it away. Threw it away. Anyway. Uh, Mark other... says, why aren't the gears innocent? Shut the fuck up. <laughs> why aren't the gears innocent? I mean, some of them are. <laughs> but then you'd have to go into, like, Guilty Gear lore, and I am not going down that fucking rabbit hole. Oh. Anyway. Uh, the other game that I've been playing this week is I p- I'm First Thoughts of Near Replicant. So, oh, I have yet to pick it up. Okay, so... I will eventually, though, because I love Nier uh, Automata, and I want to get Replicant because I know it's the canon version of the original Nier story. They're both canon. The difference between well, you know the two I mean, games... Well, you know what I mean, yeah. The difference between the two games is minimal. And I'm about to get into it. So I've played every single Nier game so far. There's Damn. only two. There's only two. <laughs> <laughs> I, didn't know if meant, I didn't know if you meant, like, the Drakengard series, too, because that's a loaded so statement. I have played the first Drakengard. Okay. I hate Drakengard. I fucking despise Drakengard. I call it Drakengard. I, I don't know if it's Drakengard Drakengard. I don't give a shit. It doesn't matter to me. So I hate Drakengard, and I hate Cavia, who is the developer who created Drakengard. That game is dumb. That game is super fucking stupid. Okay? It's terrible. 
I don't care what anyone says. If you're a Dragon Guard fan, fucking yo, just send all your hate mail to me. I'll file it away. I'll get to it another time. I don't got time to deal with that shit right now. The game is bad. Nobody got time. Near is based off of the fifth ending of Dragon Guard. Now there is the I didn't know one? this. Uh yeah, the first one is based off okay. of and this is something that I didn't know. Um I thought that near replicant and near gestalt, we got gear uh near gestalt here in the United yes. States, whereas replicant was in Japan. The only difference between the two games is the relation is what character that you play as and what that relationship has to the character Yona. So in the original US release, Nier, the main character, who is really just called the player, but the name that they give him is Nier, is a 40-some-odd-year-old man who's protecting his daughter, Yona. Okay? And they they allude a lot to her mother, who was Nier's wife. Whereas in Nier Replicant, you are playing as a 16-year-old boy protecting his sister, Yona. And then they talk about mother, who is both of their mother. There's a lot of backstory bullshit that goes on to it. Like, you learn about the the relationship that the townspeople have with Nier and his sister. In the original U.S. version, he was a mercenary, so he was already established. Everyone relies on him. In the Japanese version, uh, Nier used to sell his body to the rich people to pay for medicine. So there was well, th- there is child prostitution as far as the backstory of Nier Replicant. Whoa. So, yeah, holy shit. <laughs> Damn. Anyway. All right. Other than that, so far, the game is damn near identical now when i first played near for the 360 i hated that game i did not understand what that game was supposed to be and i also didn't understand dragon guard so i need to go back and play dragon guard to like really sink my teeth into and now that i understand how yoko taro actually develops and fucking formulates his games and right. the, his approach, because it's like it's a lot of restarting the game and finding out new. It's almost like a roguelike. Have you ever played Baroque for the no. PlayStation 2 or Sega Saturn? So Baroque, it's a roguelike where when you die, if you die on certain levels, you find out more of the story, which is pretty much near autonomous. Every single time that you beat the game, you have to play the game again and you see a different side. And they've pretty much just forced that side on you. So I I am going into Near Replicant doing all of that bullshit. One thing that I was not so much of a fan of is I wasn't a fan of Near's character in the 360 version and the way that he interacts with all the other characters. This one feels a little bit more natural. Now, as far really? as the PS4, yeah. So it, it it you can tell that the main character was supposed to be a young man, not an old man. Because the way that older near interacts and reacts to certain things and the way that the characters around him react the characters react no matter the same way no matter what okay but it feels more natural when they're talking to younger near because it's it's just it's just like the dialogue clicks and makes sense like you'd have to like play both versions of the game in order to understand what it is i'm saying um so i think that I think that I'm going to go into it liking it a bit more. I still have to play more of it because there's other characters that, you know, I did not like when I first got into them and I need to like see how their stories now play out with younger near. There are some uh-huh. gameplay elements that I was not a huge fan of. Like I'm not a big fan of the way that the bullet hell 
mechanic was implemented in the first near. For some reason, it just worked out. In this out for, one or the original? In the original. Original. Got it. Okay. I don't know if they fixed it to make it feel a bit more like Automata, or if I guess I just matured as a gamer and Automata just made it click more. So I've gotta I've gotta play with the game a little That's bit. That's pretty more. easy in Automata. I've I'm only two hours in, um, and I've got a lot of shit on my plate. So you're probably not gonna hear me talk about this for like another two weeks. Because I've got the YouTube video that's going on. I've got Mega Visions work that I got to get in. Yes. I've got a preview for a game that's upcoming and shit like that. Uh, they've got me slated for like two PS5 games that if they get it, I've got to like drop everything and and just focus on those two things. You got your so, shit that you have to do. There's a lot of things that are going on, but I'm really, really excited to play Near Replicant. Like honestly, when I heard about that game coming out and getting a remake, I flipped my shit. I didn't know that it was pretty much the same exact fucking game, but now that I understand things a little bit more, I'm more open to it and I'm excited. I thought what was cool, I saw one of the trailers before the game came out was that they like you can get uh, I don't know if it's pre-order DLC or just DLC you can get from a certain edition mm-hmm. is that you can get costumes of the characters from Automata and that they are voiced by the exact, the exact same voice actors yes. in both languages yes. from Automata and I'm like no shit that shit is cool I like that like that's fucking insane that they are able to do that and of course I'm I'm I can't wait to get into this eventually to see how events either lead up or how they could lead up to Automata's story in general. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, I'm not so, going to go through, like, the play or the FF14 expansion, which is also connected to it as well. Well, I'm going <laughs> I'm going to burst your bubble into that a little bit because Tiff and I were looking into how Automata links to Replicant. Ooh. And I don't think that it counts necessarily as a spoiler because in order for it to be a spoiler, there would have to be something significant and there just isn't. Um, yeah. During the time period, like the, the time period between Replicant and Automata is like thousands of years. Yes, that like I do know. Thousands of years. I think like Automata's like 15,000 or whatever AD or some shit like that. Some, I, I thought it was 9,000, but it could be more. It, it probably. Whatever. Um, it's a really, big number. What it comes down to is that you're just watching the evolution of a world, of a universe, take like take shape. And in near, like the humans dip the fuck out and then they create their human android-esque type creatures to go and do battle on their behalf to fight the aliens. Which if you play near automata, you would know like you'd have yep. an idea of what it is that I'm talking about. You're just watching yep. the evolution of that take place between Replicant and Automata. Good that's shit. All right. that's the only linking to it. Other than that, the only thing that's important is about the two individual stories that both games that both games showcase. So, there does it also have twenty seven endings like uh, Automata has? There's at least five. There's at least five. There's canons. at least five. Canon. At least five. At least five canon uh, endings because Yokotaro and we'll get a sequel a based fucking... on one of them. Madman, <laughs> god damn it no <laughs> no <laughs> no like i like i appreciate the work that yoko taro did for automata um but somebody needs to jail that man and just like put him on adderall and just focus on one goddamn thing <laughs> that's what needs to happen i am very happy he got his wish though because when i remember them asking him a while ago when automata was like popping off where he's uh, like what would you want to do and he said if I was ever allowed to remake 
the original Nier, I would want to. And he got his wish. Well, at least he did that and we didn't get another fucking goddamn Dragon Guard bullshit. Because, no, that needs to be buried in a in. It's a really that bad, huh? I hate the first Dragon Guard. I haven't gone out of my way to play the second or third one. They're relatively cheap. I own the first one and that's like $80, $90. And I'm just like, there's only one reason why I'm hanging on to you. It's just because it's because of, of the collection. It's because of the collection thing. It's just like you're Damn. expensive and I can't replace you. So How unfortunate. Fuck that. Damn. Anyway, as far as up- sounds like a good thing, I need to get into it though, because like, f- dude, I spent so much time would, on Automata. I would recommend it. The game is rougher, even as a remake. The game really? is rougher okay. than Automata. Uh, so you gotta you gotta play it on its own merits. But, but uh, what'd you get it on? I got it on play. So I got it for PlayStation Four, but I'm playing it on my PlayStation Five. Got it. So I already it's it's outputted to 4K. It's got the PS4 yeah. Pro upscaling shit like that. You know, it's it looks great. That's all I can say. It looks great. But if you're gonna get any version, I'd like to get it on PC or fucking whatever. Yeah, because um, I do have the original. I have Automata on PS4, which I have my Pro. So. Right on. I just didn't know like how because you said it's so it runs rough despite it being a remake. I can still I can deal with that. No, it's it's still it's still a halfway decent game. Don't, it has don't that remake. jank of the original kind of in its bloodstream. Yes, but it's also got the quality of life changes that you would expect from you know an update like Automata. That's so, good. Definitely pretty good. As That's far as good. other pickups that I got, I did pick up Mortal Shell along with Nier when I got it. So Mortal Shell is a Soulsborne game. It is uh it's very it's very gothic. I don't I can't really say too much this. more about it. Yeah, so it it popped up I want to say last year. And for all of like 2 weeks it was really hyped up within the Soulsborne community. Mm. Uh Pat stares at played it for about a week straight he said it was pretty fucking good and then Damn. nobody ever heard from it again like nobody fucking played it it's a sleeper hit it it was a sleeper hit and it was a budget title cuz it was only $30 hmm so like for what it was it was it was pretty fucking decent i wanted to play it when it came out at launch but there were so many things else that i was going on i just never got a chance to get around to it and when i picked right. it in, uh near replicant i saw a copy right next to it and i'm like you're coming home with me so <laughs> picked up both daddy of them. needs you exactly i picked up a physical copy of vagrant story i know that i talked about this when i was on the mario kart 8 stream that uh the rest yes of- you did of the Scrubverse guys talked about it's it's fucking flawless. It's a it's a near mint game. It's one of SquareSoft's or at this point I should say Square Enix's sleeper masterpieces. Like I do not hmm. know why they did not continue this series. Just like everything about this series is fantastic. Damn, um, it That's is high praise. It is an outside of the box take on how combat is done in pretty much real time it's a real-time action rpg those are my next question like is it also real time and and the what makes it fascinating is that and don't don't necessarily quote me on this but you can go ahead and quote me on this the the vat system from fallout 3 okay borrows mechanics from this game so when you go into combat in vagrant story 
you you walk up on, on a motherfucker you have the option of where you want to hit him and it'll tell you like the percentages the potential damage that you do uh if you land a hit you want to hit a bat in its wing hit him in the fucking wing and it'll affect him you hit a dude in the leg he's limping at you he can't fucking chase you down you hit him in the head That's great you know, you, you could possibly get a, a headshot on it. You hit him in the stomach, uh, their conditioning goes down. Um, and the story is fantastic, too. It takes place in the world of Ivalice, so this is everything that's connected to Final Fantasy XII, uh, Final Fantasy Tactics, so on and so forth, the new Final Fantasy sixteen that's coming out. Um, and it's it's a mystery. It's it's a fucking, like... like a, a Why notion. they never continued it? No, 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 not not necessarily. It's a mystery why they didn't continue it. It's like a murder mystery story. Oh shit! Okay, so okay, it's it's I'll like you now. Okay. it's like really fucking interesting. It's like you're always guessing, finding out new clues as the story goes on. So it's it's very, very, very good. I actually have this on the PlayStation Three store, but I wanted a physical copy. download. Yeah, I had the download, and I was just like, you know what? I should just get the physical copy just just to. Just to have it in my back pocket. And it was mm. worth it. I'm very happy with it. Um, other than that, uh, I, you know, humble bundle bullshit. I got Sniper Ghost Warrior contracts. I'm never going to fucking play the game. I heard Simulacra. I got Simulacra 1 and 2. I heard that those were good games, but... There's if a I ever... 2? Yeah, there's a second what? one. What? There's a second one. I didn't so. know about that. I, I, saw... I only knew about the first one. I saw Markiplier play that in a long play of Simulacra, and I'm like, this is an interesting concept. I don't know if I'd ever pull the trigger buying it, though. Well, I got it for $12.99 along with 11 other games. So, Damn. For those of you who don't know, Simulacra was, I think it's a horror thriller, guesser, whodunit kind of game, but it's just I think the it's perspective more... of, of an iPhone kind of Yeah, game. I think it's more of like a psychological horror than anything else but it's also got those mystery elements to it as well but yeah no i'll eventually get to those just like the other fucking 1500 games that's on my steam uh account <laughs> you know um yeah i saw i saw you fucking share how many steam games you have just uh... i don't remember sharing that but i have a lot i have a lot it's fucking it was in my stupid. server briefly briefly yeah. it was that was a mistake i should have never done that <laughs> All that money wasted. <laughs> the last thing, and this is not even gaming related. This is just like my own uh, getting You're to weak. know me type deal. Um, oh. Those who have been following for a while, and it's the one that can really attest to this is Corey. Uh, he knows that I am obsessed with learning about really fucked up societies. So one of my favorite things to read about is the Soviet Union. I love reading about the Soviet Union because it's so fucking weird and foreign to the way that things work out here in the West that, mm. you know, like their entire like societal structure and the way that they deal with their problems and how like I want for lack of a better term, how ungabunga they can be when handling certain situations like they had one. Fair enough. One stupid thing where it's just like, hey, we've got this natural gas deposit that we're trying to get rid of. How do we close this bitch up? Set it on fire. <laughs> Set it on fire. And and then it begins to burn for the next 300 fucking years. Like stupid shit like that. Where it's just like, yo, just, just make it go away one way or another. I don't care how you do it. Just make it fucking happen. And then you open up essentially the gates of hell. 
And it's just this burning pit that's going to burn for hundreds of years on end. Well, the thing that I've been getting into is North Korean documentaries. And why North Korea? Uh, cause fuck it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> cause fuck it. it came up and I'm just like, you know what? I'm done All right. surfing the deep web you know for what? stupid shit. I've been in that mood before, so I understand it. I get it. And so I, I first started with like the regular documentaries of like the, the big name journalists and fucking news sources and shit like that. You have Vox, you have, you know, CNN, you have also some like the other, not like big, big time, but like respectable news sources. But now I'm looking for the people who like go behind the scenes, kind of like get themselves stuck with a North Korean family and really like see what exactly is going behind as a member of North Korean society that's not in Pyongyang because okay. what the media in or what the government in Pyongyang does is yeah. that if there is journalists that are coming down, they will have you there with the retainers so that everything that you see while you're in North Korea is tailored to protect their image. So to give you an idea of like the, how the dynamic of communist North Korea operates is that Pyongyang is the the end state for any North Korean citizen. Everyone okay. gets pretty much sent to certain villages and cities and you're sent there to do a specific job, whether it's working in the coal mines, whether it's working in the 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 fucking the wooded areas, chopping down trees, whatever, okay. some sort of other production, farming. Predetermined? It. It's, everything is predetermined, right? You're just like, you go here, okay. you're going to do a specific job, you're going to call it a day. You do good enough, and you build yourself enough uh, rank, so to say, you get moved. You don't, you don't apply. You just move to Pyongyang. And that's where upper society mm. is. Or I should really say the true middle class. So the middle class, as we are middle class, they have an equivalent. They're not equal, but they have what you would say is close to being a middle class for North Korea. And everything for the journalists is tailored to make the country look the best as possible. But you can see behind, see in between the lines and say something's not right here. So, for example, when they have them go to the supermarket, it's like, look at all the food we have in the supermarket. Never mind the fact that we've been in famine for the last 20 years. Don't look, look at behind all, the curtain. Don't pay attention to it over here. Exactly. But here's the thing. They're going through the supermarket, and they're like, where's the produce? Where's the meat? Uh-oh. There's none. Everything oh, is in bags. That, that is super like unnerving just hearing about that. Holy yeah. shit. Everything is like in bags. <sighs> and if they do have produce, it's like wrapped up and imported from China. And it's super expensive. So only like the the upper middle class or the elites can afford to have those things. And then you have all these fucking government diplomats and people who say that they are just regular ass citizens of North Korea. They have these giant fucking like spreads of food because they want to make it appear that they're not stingy and they have a lot of food. Meanwhile, you go into the fucking villages and they're motherfuckers starving. And that's not even counting like the fucking labor camps and shit like that. So... I have been like doing a dive into the the North Korean. You had done the rabbit hole, man. The North Korean dynamic, and I'm currently watching somebody, which 
I don't know if somebody caught a glimpse of it when it was up, but this guy called it's the channel is called the people and it's the, the okay. specific video is like the lies and truth of Kim Jong-un and the way that this guy actually ended up getting into North Korea is he attached himself to a journalist and ended up on a civilian train for specifically North Koreans moving back and forth from China. Oh, and then he goes behind the scenes. Now, I don't know how behind the scenes they do, that they go, but I'm reading the fucking uh, comments, and there's this one guy who's like, this guy has bigger balls than anyone I've ever seen. I'm shocked at what he was able to pull off. So another one, this man is more of a journalist than 99% of these fakers parading around TV every single day. So I am really curious at the level of depth that this guy goes into when he's in North Korea, because we know that everything that happens in North Korea is a song and a dance to make themselves look good. And yeah, basically. I'm not going to say that everything that's being shown from these government people is false, because I yes. do believe that there is a middle class, and there, that middle class is interested in having more luxuries that they see people in South Korea and in China and in Japan and those things that they have. And they was like, why can't we have those things as well? You know, why do we have to be regulated by uh, the government? And you see videos of like civilians talking back to military officials saying, no, fuck you. What are you going to do? Kill me? I don't give a shit. Why don't yeah, basically, I'll just basically fuck the police. It, to a certain extent. It's to a certain extent. It's it, it's mostly like people who are in positions of privilege, relative privilege. Yeah. So it's it's wild. It's absolutely fucking wild. And I can't yeah, wait we to had a. Uh, Med says that there's also Bald and Bankrupt on YouTube who goes over old Soviet nations and covers his own visits. Hell yeah. In detail. Hell yeah. That looks to be another hole for you to jump into. Dude, that, that idea that what you're describing about the supermarket, like that, like what's the fr what's the, fr well, the word, the phrase, like reality is stranger than fiction? Like uh, that idea of all truth like... Truth is stranger than fiction. Truth is stranger than fiction. Like that idea of like, where's the meats? Like where's the produce? Like that... That kind of sent shivers on my spine, dude. It's it's kind of like it's kind of like uh, there's an allegory that's made pretty frequently called like oh this is almost like the real world version of the Truman Show. Now I don't know much about the Truman Show, but I know the synopsis of the Truman Show where there's this one guy and he thinks that oh, he's the oh. he's the last man that's on Earth, but really there is an entire production crew that's following him around and starting like certain scenarios and events for him to react to so that other people who are at the comfort of their own home can watch, observe and be entertained by. And it's just <sighs> yeah. kind of like, you know, North Korea is now tailoring the, the viewing, like they're tailoring the experience for these journalists to go back to their countries and say, Hey, they're now a normalized industrial country. We need to take down these sanctions because they're they're normal. They're just like you and me. Never mind the fact that they're fucking crazy and they want to take over South Korea and they have a an expansive nuclear program that's sent hell bent to destroy Japan and, and the United States. Never mind that bullshit. But it's it's crazy. Like they they're building water parks and people are like genuinely excited to go to these fucking water parks. Mind you, it's only for people who live in Pyongyang fucking they have like i don't remember if it was king john il or king john un but like they imported people from italy to make pizza for them they have one pizzeria in pong yang and then just, 
just, it's just there. It's just there. And there's one guy, and his job is to make pizza. And then, like, the Italian guy was just like, look, That's man, I got so I, I to go back to my own country. So they sent a North Korean over to fucking Italy so that he can learn how to make pizza and make it for the supreme leader. That is so... Yeah, it's fucking wild. I don't have a word for that. It's fucking wild. They they have been working on... This is one of the more, like, popular... Not necessarily myths, but, like, facts about North Korea. Like, they have a right. fucking hotel that they've been building since the 80s. Nobody lives there, but 100 people... 100 some odd people are employed there. No, Nobody fucking stays at this hotel, but everyone fucking works there. Like, it, it's wild. Like, you go to these schools... And they take photographs and pictures of these schools and all the students are like, yeah, this, this is our entire STEM pr program that they're doing. You see all these kids are doing like math and fucking sciences and shit like that. And then the camera like really focuses on what they're doing. And like the teacher will say something and all the kids are diligently writing something and they're doing stuff in the calculator. And he's just like, that kid has no idea how to use a calculator. What the fuck is he doing? <laughs> it's all a chicken scratch. I feel like you're describing to me like shit that I would watch in like a new movie of VHS. Like what? Do you see the movie, the horror movie of uh, VHS or VHS two? No. Uh, there's there's this part. Well, VHS is the idea. Like it's a bunch of like like mini mini horror movie scenarios, and like one of them was someone going to I think either North or South Korea or whatever. Okay. It's one of those countries, one of those countries, and they go to what they think is like a school, and they find out, oh, it's a cult. Oh, it's a <laughs> fucking cult. And it's so creepy because you go inside and look at the outside, it looks normal, and it's the idea of like, oh, these people are employed, but there's no one coming in or coming out, and they have like a small film crew, and you find out, oh, they're summoning a demon. And it's just, it goes, like, it's a slow build up to Hell like, yeah. oh, we're at Jacob's Ladder now. And like the hundred employed, but no one's staying there. Like that's creepy yeah. pasta shit, dude. Yeah, yeah, it's nuts. <laughs> oh my god, just yeah. It's why nuts. is that unsettling? Oh my like, god, <laughs> like they go into like their. I think it was like one of their major R and D factories or R and D research centers, and like the entire <sighs> building is is shaped like an atom. Like it's made to look like an atom from an aerial view. It's like this massive fucking building. Like if you're and looking it, under like a magnifying glass, like no, that kind if of you're, shape. If you take a drone into the air and you watch this this relatively large low rise building, it's in the shape. It's built in the shape of an atom. Like you have the nucleus and you have this the rings around them. Oh. And like there's just like like that's crazy architecture and you go inside and you see all these civilians working on computers but they can't do anything on the computers because there's no internet and everything's surveilled by the government but their job is to sit at these computers is to be there clickety clickety click hey man what like, are you doing smile and wave please go away this is like some stanley parable shit yeah yeah. Like unironic Stanley Parable shit. Yeah, North Korea is the Stanley Parable of of the world. Like I don't know what to tell you. What the fuck, man? Yeah, it's nuts. I haven't even gotten into everything, but it's crazy. This is a video game podcast, by the way. Holy, this shit. is a video game podcast. <laughs> Damn, though, just ooh, 
And How'd you get to that hole, though? What would you start looking for? I was watching Mudo. Was it what I was watching the ordinary gamer. He was talking about fucking like some some deep web bullshit, and then I got an ad for like, "Hey, do you want to learn about North Korea?" And I'm like, "Yeah, sure, I'll fucking do it." Click. <laughs> <laughs> There's some. Uh, I think the name of the channel is I think it's called Next Pro, where he uh, goes over like unsettling like internet rumors and videos and stuff like that. And there's. Equally, just like what you're describing, like deep dives, not so much like, uh, like government stuff, but like there's like one where like the redditor that disappeared, this occult in a dead MMO stuff like. That. Oh yeah, yeah, I've seen shit like that. Like the, yeah, okay, the one, you know the one, about? the dead MMO. It's almost like Second Life, but yeah. like they start going in there, and it's it's just like these these avant garde horror satanic fucking art galleries. Yeah, and there's one of them where he's this dude is just like doxing other people and putting their pictures in his fucking server. Yeah, yeah, it's nuts. And then the guy who dis the the guy on 4chan who disappears, who is just like some dude on 4chan is like, oh hey, uh, is 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 anyone interested in in finding a secret? And it's like this abandoned building. It's, yeah. And they create these ARGs and like this this one dude on 4chan was just like, I'm a and fucking then you just, like, I think we like never heard back from him. Yeah, he starts like doing like the play by play over the course of four hours. And he's just like, oh shit, somebody's here. If I go dark, uh, I don't know what to tell you. And he just fucking, he just does not answer ever again. And he's like, he's like, I found this hard drive. I don't know what's on the hard drive yet. Nobody finds out. It's just a fucking ARG. It's probably meant to like spook the shit out of people. Look, man. Yeah. I'm I'm all about stupid psychological mindfuck nonsense like that. I wish half that shit was real. I know it's all fake. North Korea though, that's real as shit. And that that's, that's a goddamn trip. About, though. Yeah. Anyway, I'm, I'm just I'm stuck on the idea. A hundred employees just doing fuck they're not, all. But they're, they're not there fucking doing they anything. They're not fucking because they have to be exactly. Exactly. They're they're playing real life Sims Four, and they just they're just the command the prompt is empty. Look, man, you're you could have put North Korea on your character sheet, and you could have just been like, "Hey, my job is to watch this street, not do anything." Like they have fucking people who are like traffic guards, but nobody owns cars except the elite. Like they have like very limited oh, number of cars. Like yeah, there's there's barely any cars uh, outside of Pyongyang and even within Pyongyang. It's like it is not there's not a lot of people who drive. So you have these traffic guard people that are out there just like taking their job seriously, moving left, right, pushing people along. Real there's life nobody NPCs. there. There is nobody there, but you have to have the appearance that you're doing something. The appearance. Oh. I did not think we all was going to come on today and talk about real NPCs well, that exist. Like, damn. Yeah, that shit's crazy. So just that exists, and, that's, and who knows what else we don't fucking know. Well, that's what I want to find out later on. Like, I'm probably going to watch the end of it after this podcast. But You mentioned briefly earlier about something about like a city or whatever getting like burned or like a fire that continues on. Yeah. You said something briefly about that. Were you, what were you talking about? Okay. What location was that? So there's actually two of them. Because that reminds me of one. That reminds me of one. It might be the same one we're thinking about. There's actually two of them. So there's a joint in Russia, and then there's a place in the United States. In the United States, there is – I'll get to the one in the United States later. But in, in Russia, and I forget like the actual um, premise of how everything started. But essentially, I think what they were doing is that they were – 
detonating nuclear bombs underground. And one of the bombs that they fucking ignited broke into a methane chamber deep underground. And it was spewing toxic gas up and into the air and the atmosphere in the surrounding area. And they were worried, we need to evacuate these people. Well, the Soviet Union doesn't evacuate shit. So what their idea was, it was like, let's set the whole thing on fire because methane is flammable and we'll just burn all the gas out. Well, they do that. Well. And the thing about methane gas is that there is a lot and it's not super easy to get rid of. They detonated this bitch in the 60s and it is still on fire to this day. Holy shit. They estimate that this bitch is going to burn for another three, four hundred years. Now, in addition to that, there is a place in Pennsylvania. Very similar situation. Again, Centralia? Yes. Centralia. Where I forget like what ended up happening, but like they blow up into this coal mine that had a lot of methane gas. Mine. It started escaping. The gas was actually harming the air and environment and shit like that. And they were getting a lot of people sick. So they forced, they pretty much took over all the land and forced the people out of Centralia and relocated them elsewhere. And then they tried blowing it up and it pretty much just blew the fuck out of the fucking city fucking everywhere. So they had to demolish that entire fucking city. Have you ever been to Centralia? Fuck no, I'm not going to Centralia. Are you out of your mind? I have. Why? I've gone there twice. Why would you go again? <laughs> okay. Because uh, I think I forgot how the inspiration of things it was inspired by Centralia or vice versa. Silent Hill. There are similarities between that and Silent Hill. A long time ago, there was someone that I was friends with. This is who... why white people get killed in fucking horror. <laughs> Hold on, no, no, no. So it was a road trip with myself and someone who was dating, who I knew at the time, and then his girlfriend. And we all got into a big rental uh, SUV headed from my place, which I'm in on the East Coast, from Virginia all the way to Centralia, Pennsylvania. And this, it was my turn to drive. It was insured, so it was fine. It was so creepy because you're going up this up this hill. Like here's like where the road is at. Uh, for those who are listening on audio, like you're going like like on a slight hill, and it's just like a normal like urban town where there's shops on both sides, or you have your gas stations or whatever. You make mm-hmm. you look at a GPS, you make one turn, there is nothing, there is no life anywhere. There is no you don't see any animals, you don't see any people escaping because it's a it's a public road. It's not like it's it's closed off or anything. You could just drive down Centralia. And there's, like, I don't see any traffic. And it's, like, it's the more hilly parts of that state. So you can see, like, pretty well well across the horizon. And it's just, it was creepy. So we pulled to a cemetery. And we all got out with our video uh, equipment. Just to see if we can get some footage of, like, this is, like, how it is. Because it's, where do you choose to explore in a place as creepy as, like, this? And we were, like... We're a bunch, bunch of fucking nerds at the time. I'm still a nerd right now. We're like, oh, Silent Hill. Guess what? It was actually foggy that day. <laughs> and then, no bullshit, as we are leaving later in that day because we're exploring around the area, the thing that's so creepy about it is that 
I saw the pockets in the ground where the fires are still burning, and you mm-hmm. can smell the 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 coal still burning. I think it's gonna like, smell of sulfur, where it's supposed to smell like fried eggs or like rotten eggs, rather. Yes. And that shit stank, but it was so creepy. Cool to be there, though. The you could have gone anywhere. I know. You you guys could have gone in the RV and gone somewhere fun. We went. We went. Like, to, we went to like Penhurst too. Interesting. We went to Penhurst too as well. You could have just went straight to Penhurst. You didn't have to go to Centralia. Yeah. You didn't have to go in the that middle was part of, the of it. You could have. So, anyways. And the answer is always no. The answer is no. If 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 someone was to say, "Hey, you want to go to Centralia?" Fuck no. Absolutely <laughs> fucking not. Okay, yeah, Med says uh, Silent Hill was inspired by Centralia, the Centralia uh, incident. That makes sense. I knew it was like, yeah. one of them. All the more reason to get the fuck out of Centralia. Leave town. I had to find out. And it was, dude, we had the mood set. We were playing the fucking Silent Hill 2 music, the soundtrack, driving up there. It was great. Creepy, but You know great. that there's there's still like five families that live in Centralia. Yeah. Right? There was like there was a lawsuit that went on where they were tr- where the 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 city of Centralia was trying to kick these people out and they were yeah. like fuck no we're staying here, and they had to pay them over five hundred thousand dollars to leave each, no to stay oh to stay to stay because they were constantly getting harassed and they got two settlements one for like two hundred and nineteen and the other one for three hundred and change. And they're allowed to stay until the end of their natural lives, but they cannot pass the home to their children. Mm. So when they die, the state takes it over. That makes sense. Because that city's going to burn for another fucking 200 years. When we drove around after we explored a little bit, like a, we went off of a few beaten paths, not just a cemetery, but which one was a like a regular looking cemetery and then one behind that was like Roman Catholic because of the way how they have their how their crosses are differently. Mm-hmm. And just some we walked for like a few miles just on our own and then came back to the car. Uh, and then we heard we actually heard a siren that sounded like the one from Silent Hill and I'm like, "Well, that's cool. Get video of that." Which Gross. you know. <laughs> Gross. And then the day like- after that we went to Penner State Asylum and then we got some uh, footage of being in there, which that was great. There, there's two like notable things about uh, Centralia. One is Graffiti Road, where there's this long stretch of road. It, it used to be a highway. Yeah. There's this long stretch of road where people get out, they take some chalk, they write some shit on there, and then like a lot of people are, are like just drawing, drawing d- giant dicks on the ground, like it's great. Yeah. Um, and they're there forever. Uh, and the other one is the church in Centralia. And it is the only church. It's like one of the that only I didn't public, see. yeah, the only public buildings that are still open, because they've they pretty much knocked everything else down outside of like the four or five homes that exist and the church that is there. So I saw one house there, and I did see one part where we turned and I made a left turn when I was the one else driving it, and we just saw like the road just crack and split open because of the fires. And yeah. of course, you couldn't drive any further past it. You could, but like it'd be dangerous. Yeah. But it was just so rad to see that, like up close. I'm just like, hell yeah. That shit's crazy. That shit is crazy. 
kicking off the news segment, number one that we're going into is EA disputes driving players towards loot boxes. As leaked documents suggest, this is coming out of GameSpot by Stephen T. Wright. Uh, I haven't taken the chance to fucking read any of these fucking shits because I've been so late with the fucking news that I'm just like, yo, fuck it. Absolutely fucking. But anyway, uh, a 54 page document leaked by an insider to the Canadian Broadcast Corporation suggests that FIFA, uh, FIFA publisher Electronic, Electronic Arts are actively pushing players to spend money into microtransactions. The document, which was provided by the leaker from EA Vancouver, appears to be a presentation that frankly discusses the importance of FIFA's microtransaction fueled mode, FIFA Ultimate Team, or better yet, Foot. However, EA dis uh, disputes that it is pushing people to spend money, calling it a sensationalized story. To quote, we are doing everything we can to drive players there, a portion of the presentation reads. Uh, the same bullet point refers to FIFA Ultimate Team as the cornerstone of the game. Another portion of the presentation details how the game's developers use content teasers to attempt to incentivize players to spend money on Ultimate Team, summarizing that strategy as all roads lead to foot. Uh, according to the CBC, the insider felt obligated to leak the document because he and others dislike working on video games that include loot boxes and other gambling-type elements. The EA representative declined to comment initially other than to say that the document was viewed without context. To quote, all EA games can be played without spending money on in-game items and the majority of players do not spend end quote, as per the representative. It's been clear for some time that microtransactions are immensely profitable as a business model, with EA's rival Activision Blizzard making $1.2 billion in revenue from the in-game microtransactions in just three months. Pardon me. A law firm filed a class action lawsuit against EA back in 2020, claiming that FIFA Ultimate Team is a form of predatory gambling. For now, however, loot boxes are legal in most jurisdictions, though some countries like the UK have commissioned studies to determine how exactly they affect vulnerable players. Uh, since the publication of this story, EA has published a statement saying, quote, We do not push people to spend in our games. Where we provide that choice, we are very careful not to promote spending over earning in the game. And the majority of FIFA players never spend money on in-game items. It is also said that it encourages the use of parental controls for young players and said that the leaked documents don't contradict that which the company simply wants to encourage engagement for things like ultimate team uh, it is also said that in the past it disagrees that fifa or any of our games involve gambling ea once again trying to reword the the fact that like oh we don't tell people to gamble on mm -hmm. loot boxes you're 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 misviewing you're viewing it in the wrong way you're you're shedding a bad light yeah you're missing the context of what it is that we're talking about uh-huh so um, Typical EA as they have been doing in the past. Exactly. So one of one of the big things, and I'm not entirely sure if it was EA that did this. I'm almost positive that it was Activision that did this. But I want to say at least five years back, there was a study that was done uh, to how do we incentivize people to buy games, I believe, in Call of Duty. Not buy games, buy in-game uh, items in Call of Duty. And the way that they would go about doing that is that they would put players in matches where their skill grade or their skill cap was higher than everybody else in that room. So they would obviously be getting like 20 kill streak 
type games, it would have like very, very, very positive kill to death ratios. And they give that to you for a couple games to make you feel good about yourself. And then they put you in a room where you are at the bottom of the tier list and everyone is just is just running a train on you. And you're sitting there. I'm just like, what the fuck? How are they fucking killing me and shit like that? And then they'll throw different like like uh, options for you to purchase. Like, hey, this golden gun here, fucking this this will this will close the gap. It's not your skill. It's your items. It's the equipment that you have. And this weapon here does more damage than the ones that you currently have equipped for just for just five dollars. For just five dollars, you can get yourself this nice, pretty little AK-47, golden AK-47, or this SMG, or this right. whatever, whatever. Yeah, exactly. And they throw it in your face as a tool to incentivize you buying because it's never about you or your skill. It's about the items that you have or don't have. Now it's not so much the case anymore as like loot boxes is the gambling as, as far as like gotcha games and shit like that and incentivizing you to purchase these loot boxes and whatnot. So I'm not surprised. I'm still not surprised. FIFA is always going to be the the forefront on uh, EA testing the waters on how far they can get away with loot boxes and whatever they figure out works for FIFA. They're going to have that trickle down to whatever other other games that feature loot boxes. So well, I remember at launch they did something very similar with how they designed. I don't know if it was Star Wars Battlefront one or two, where like yeah you can keep playing the game and earning what you need to by playing the game. But if you spend yep. these loot boxes, you can get, you know, these other more powerful uh, ships that do way more damage while you're doing space combat. Hmm. It was and I think like, like Darth the... Vader characters like that. Yeah. So like one of the big things that in Battlefront Two, because I was playing it at the time when all this shit was going down. I didn't I didn't purchase. It. I was playing the beta, and I was almost going to purchase Battlefront Two when this shit was happening, but like the the whole aspect of it i was talking to one of my friends who was really getting into battlefront 2 was just like how much bullshit is it that for everybody else you have to save up money to unlock different upgrades for your ship but if you just open up a loot box i have something that's specifically for an a-wing that makes my ship 30 percent faster and i just run circles around everybody and i just kill everybody is that fair is that proof of skill how is it that uh, an ultra rare loot box I can unlock Darth Vader and other heroes? You know, it's just uh. forcing people. It, it allows the whales to just drop thousands of dollars on this game to unlock everything, and it's 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 a bad. It sets a bad precedent for other games and other other uh, competitors, where it's just like yeah. if we just add these gotcha mechanics. People don't even have to play the game in order to reach Endgame. They don't have to. They don't have to try. They just have to give us more money, which is great for the fucking developers and publishers. That's exactly what they want. Just keep on giving us money, and let's keep rigging the chances of you getting the the items that you want and or need. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's it, it's just more garbage. It's just more garbage. That's it. That's it's all. Just, it's so it's so fucked thinking about that and hearing about that constantly about. I think it was like a few people on YouTube that just had enough time and they figured out, yo, if you, you can get all the stuff, dude, 
but you have to play the game for this many hours, and you have to do this specific thing and this specific numbers of times to then get everything. Like, they figured out, like, how long it takes to get Darth Vader or shit, like, in Battlefront 2, and everyone went, everyone went collectively, what the fuck? And that's a $60 game that you purchased that you have to then spend more money to get that stuff. And me, and I know, like, the argument of, like, paid games to get shit versus, like, free games to get shit, but... I play Pokemon Go, which is a free game, and I don't remember the last time I spent money on that because the game gives you so much shit by playing it. And, again, mobile, console, but still, it's just, it's so blatant how they keep attempting, and I guess it's being uh, enabled because people keep pay paying money for it. That's why it keeps coming back. And, right again, on. it's probably because, you know, people who don't pay attention to these kinds of stories, these reports... They just see, oh, it's a new soccer game. I want to play to do the thing. And that's all they really care about, I guess. I, I mean, like, if, if they can if they can find a, a way to monetize you breathing, they'll fucking do it. So they, it's just another avenue for them to generate more more money. Because if if Activism Blizzard can make one point two or one point three billion dollars in yeah. the course of ninety days on their fucking games, EA's got to figure out how to fucking do that shit as well. And, well, I, and it goes yeah. into the whole the whole capitalis capitalistic build, you know? And yes. I'm not saying that I, I'm pro-capitalism or pro-communism or whatever the and fuck it anything, is. anything, yeah. Because it's like, you know, I understand the need for capital in order to go into R&D, make better games, and if, like, the end point you're making better single-player games, and, like, okay, that, that benefits me. But the people who are really suffering at the end of the day are the people who are who have those inabilities to stop themselves from participating in these gambling addictions because you're essentially creating an addiction for them that mm -hmm. just fucking what's the word I'm looking for? Exploits them. You know? Creates that window. Exactly. That, what's it called? You... That what's it called? Dopamine rush? Yes. And that, that's like what a lot of gambling is. Like like me, I have a gambling problem. But like I play blackjack, <laughs> I, don't, oh. I, don't, I, don't, I don't, I don't, I don't do fucking loot boxes. That's the only card game that I would actually play, blackjack. Yeah, you put me at a blackjack or poker table, and I'm going to be there for a very long time, and I'm going to keep on fucking putting money on the table. <laughs> um, that's that's yeah. just how I do. <laughs> so I I get it. I feel for these people. That's just really what it comes down to, and it's really 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 shitty. I I just I miss the days where. The the most that we had to worry about was DLC discs for the Xbox. If you wanted like more maps and expanded and expansions yeah, for in. like for like Halo, and just be mad about downloads that. thirty dollars right for map for for map packs. Oh yeah, Get they the did do that, didn't they? Yeah, yeah, they did. They did. That's right. They Halo did Two that. did that. I remember that now. So no man, I fucking like those were the days. It's a different kind of DLC argument here, but like that's why I fell out of D uh, Dead or Alive because the way how they progressively became a whale friendly IP is because I don't want to pay ninety dollars to get maybe twenty costumes. Which granted, they are all three D modeled and they look nice, and like maybe two characters. I developers deserve to get paid for their time, but holy fuck. $90 for a season pass. And there's like oh, yeah. seven of them. There's like seven of them. And some of that shit oh, yeah. you can't even get with the season pass. And you then have to later buy separately. On, 
And then later on, Koei Tecmo was just like, oh, some of these fucking costume packs, you could only have it once. And then if you buy something else, you lose your previous costume pack. And then hair color, where they had the monetized hair color. You had to buy the yes. hair color once. Yeah. Do you want to have Zach have his green hair again? Cool. Give us 99 cents. Do you want to make it blacking because you're just feeling lucky or feeling a different mood about today? All right. Do it again. And then he had to issue an apology about that. But, like, that's – oh, man. <sighs> the DLC shit, man. And it's like – this is – what? It's under EA, right? So that's EA mm-hmm. uh, Electronic Arts, and that's <sighs> – Look, man, it, it is what it is. This is just reporting EA is doing more shitty things and water is wet. Yeah. It and is then, what it is. You know, I mean, whether it's that or GameStop, right? Obligatory fucking uh, EA post today. This is very generic news week. It is. Which we don't is. which we don't really talk much about EA or at least try not to. No, not too frequently. We try yeah. like I try to stick to cool things, but this week has just been shit. That's why we talked about North Korea for about 30 minutes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nah, it's all good. But I mean, like, like we're talking about, like, shitty things, shitty people. Like, how about, like, GameStop CEO is getting $179 million for quitting and doing absolutely nothing. Absolutely nothing. Absolutely nothing. And further proof that our current economic system is entirely fine and normal, GameStop CEO George Sherman, who is leaving his post in the summer, will be getting $179 million just for quitting his job. As Reuters reports, having crunched the numbers and gone over some of the company's filings, GameStop probably thought that they were doing a smart thing to save a buck or two and decoupled some of Sherman's pay from his performance last year in the early months of the COVID-19 pandemic and granted him stock. That was when GameStop shares were worth jack shit. (laughs) Now they are worth a lot more, so much more that it has propelled what should have been fairly sensible by executive standards and obscene by every other metric, compensation package into the stratosphere and get this it could have been more but sherman this is a quote forfeited 98 million worth of stock this month because he did not meet performance targets sherman's 179 million windfall comes despite the fact his company's share price is a literal meme gamestop has closed hundreds of stores around the world and constantly endangered the health and safety of its employees during a global pandemic this is wild. This yeah. is absolutely fucking wild. It is wild. I, I love it. Like I, I, I like don't get me wrong, I don't love it, but I love the hate and discontent. I just can't I can't You I look can't chaos. Really, like uh, yeah, no, it's it's fucking amazing. <laughs> it's absolutely fucking amazing. We've established amazing. you love chaos, man. Uh, I d I don't know what to say. I don't know what I don't know how else to like relay this this information out there. Like like <sighs> it's just absolute fucking madness that the only person the only reason why this dude is making buku fucking dollars is because some fucking blue collar motherfuckers was like fuck the bourgeoisie and just bought into fucking gamestop and just kept doing it and then wall street motherfuckers were like wait no stop and they were just like uh stocks go burr, and, and just it, kept on fucking we were buying just like, how about we don't and just hold and, and they just refuse to sell it. It is great. Yeah. It's fucking phenomenal. I love it. <laughs> I fucking love I it. I missed my like, chance to buy in the GameStop, but apparently you can buy a fractional share though if you can, if you in another so in another reality in an alternative universe, GameStop was supposed to go under, and in our continuity, it's just just like a glitch in the matrix where like a 
500 like fucking morons was just like, no, let's just buy into fucking GameStop. Let's take this $3 stock and shoot it up to $300. I think Absolute the highest it went to like 378 per share. I think that was the like, highest that went. It was fucking crazy. How much is it now? It's gotta be like like one ninety. I, I can look it up like, right now. Actually, yeah, look it up I, right I, now. I have, I have the app, but no, dude, like that fucking thing is just it. nuts. It's so fucking. Yeah, uh, GME is one eighty four fifty per share. I'm a fucking genius. I knew it was around that dollar amount. Yeah, like, it's, it's been crazy. slowly rising back up again. I'm assuming people are starting to buy into it again. It's it's stupid. You guys will have to listen to a few episodes back to understand. I want to know what GameStop is doing with all this money that is just being invested into them. They're putting more Funko Pops on the shelves, man. I fucking hate you. (laughs) (laughs) You know I'm right, though. Those fucking stores are abhorrent. Every single one of them are fucking ugly. They're a goddamn mess. I, I went to my GameStop the other day. Yeah. And like half the store is like clothes and fucking board games. I'm just like, what the? Where's the games, dude? Where's the fucking games? And it's like they're trying these, to be these, a brand instead of just GameStop, even though it's in their name, GameStop. Like man, they if I'll I'll start respecting them if I can hold my uh, host my KI tournament over. You there. remember That's when they it. start when they tried to sell tablets for a bit, and that was like yeah. a big push. Yeah, that was for a few. Come years. get your they refurbished iPad Air too. Shit like that. Yep, I remember that shit. No, that, that I was reading that last part about endangering uh health uh thing, and we covered about the about like where they wanted to try to keep opening. Did you see the video about what they tried uh doing with the sanitizer? Yeah, yeah. It's just it's just a bottle of like pure rubbing alcohol, nothing else. Yeah, that's great. Squirt it on your hand. It's just rubbing alcohol. That's it. Just nothing. And like that stuff for like hand sanitizer in general or anything else that's like that, you have to, it has to be an FDA approved. No, don't. Then, but apparently, no, apparently don't. Not. <laughs> not according to GameStop, baby. Not according to GameStop. No, no just they have tried. It's funny because we went into this whole idea of like GameStop is dying. No, GameStop's actually dying, and you just wake up one day. Oh, meme stock. Sorry, what? And everyone collectively went, what are we talking about? Should I be rich right now? And it's just, GameStop stock is at $270. I'm sorry? It's great. Shit like that. I love it. I I can't wait for Dogecoin to fucking take off. It was for a bit. It was at like 52 cents for a while. I I hope that more people fucking buy into it. It's going to be the next Bitcoin, I'm telling you. I hope. I hope. In, I've bought in, some Dogecoin. In 50 coins. years, we're going to be moving away from, like, hard currency, and everything is going to be some sort of, like, electronic currency. And it's going to be mean nothing, and everything is going to be in NFTs, and we're going to destroy the planet, and it'll all be for nothing. <laughs> but you know what? At least at least, <laughs> at we, least at you least have you your Dogecoin. Yep. At least we have Dogecoin, and GameStop stunks are through the fucking roof. Uh, fuck the environment, right? Uh, anyway. Apparently. Anyway, last bit of news that we got going on is CD Projekt has refunded around 30,000 copies of Cyberpunk 2077. 
This is coming out of uh, GameIndustry.biz from Brendan Sinclair. Uh, after Cyberpunk 2077 launched in December in a rougher state than expected, CD Projekt offered a full refund to any customers disappointed by the game. Uh, in a post-earnings conference call today, as of the 22nd of April 2021, uh, CD Projekt executives gave insight into how many people actually took the studio up on its offer. CD Projekt reported spending PLN... Uh, 8.46 million that's 223 million 202.23 million dollars on its help me refund program which included the cost of processing refund payments to customers around the world when asked about how many copies of the game that equated to the executive said that it worked around to about 30,000 refund requests cyberpunk 2077 sold 13.7 million copies throughout the end of 2020 in total executives warned that the sales curve for the game may not be a typical one for a number of reasons specifically noting how the impact of the game may be pulled from sales on the playstation store and how the move by sony may have influenced gamers purchasing decisions on other platforms as well the company also reported that cyberpunk 2077 had a total budget of thir uh, 316 million dollars more than half of the copies sold 56 percent were on pc or stadia followed by playstation 4 28 percent and xbox one 17 percent while cd project uh revealed that the overall revenues of its net profits last week today's earnings uh report included more granular details such as the rest of the company's business for example, CD Projekt's online storefront, GOG.com, posted revenues of $90.6 million with a net profit of $5.45 million as well. Like the rest of the business, GOG.com received a boost from Cyberpunk 2077, with the site accounting for almost 10% of all PC copies sold. Finally, executives addressed February's ransomware attack on the company, saying that it was conducted through a third-party application rather than a compromise of its own security, and that the biggest impact of it was the two to three weeks of work they lost in trying to get the various departments back online. Now, there's been an update to this story where CD Projekt Investor Relations representative confirmed for GameIndustry.biz that the 30,000 refunds figured only accounted for refunds facilitated by the company for customers who emailed them directly. It would not include refunds made by other retailers to include Microsoft, Best Buy, and GameStop, who relaxed their usual policies for Cyberpunk 2077. Now, what's important about this story is that the 30,000 copies being refunded is misleading. The reason why it's misleading is because that last little caveat at the bottom, this is only people who bought the game directly from CD Projekt. Through GOG. Through, whether it's GOG or some other fucking program that they got the game from, got whether it. it's like codes or whatever the this case is. Apparently, that number is way way higher however it wouldn't be reported because regardless fucking cd project still gets that money because they sold those pre-orders to the store and sold them at wholesale that's a good point so the ones who were actually taking the hit is microsoft best buy and GameStop. best buy yep yep Which so is why, that's you know after a while they had to like like sony was was they, I think Sony had to make a statement on that eventually, didn't they? Well, Before, Sony was just well, like, fuck they, this game, I'm out. It. Yeah. Because they, they they straight up fucking pulled the fucking game, and they were just like, yo, fuck this shit. We're, exactly. we're not fucking dealing with this nonsense. Yes. So So they they pulled out pretty much completely. 
And then all the other stores was just like, hey, we're gonna we're gonna relax it if at any time from this date to this date, you can go ahead and fucking submit for a refund. Mm. But in this case, CD Projekt's like, oh, only thirty thousand people took advantage of the refund policy. But we already made our money off of the the, the retailers, and we're not going to take those games back. So why would we take those games back? It's not like they can do anything with, with them outside of reselling those games again. So I think it's going to be quite a bit of time before we see Cyberpunk 27 start selling again because it's more than likely it's going to be the next No Man's Sky. In a year or two... Do you think it's going to once... be like a rebuilt to... Yes, in a year or two, they're going to fucking re like just do a hard reset on the game. They'll probably keep a lot of the elements from the the main storyline, but they're just going to do a hard reset of the game. You know, and, which sucks because like yeah. I personally thought that the game was pretty good from the little bit that I played. I enjoyed yes. it. I it wasn't quite enough for me to to hold on to it. But that was really a game that my wife was interested in, which has now got me motivated to look for a PS5 copy of the game. Yeah. So that's that's pretty much... Yeah, Solidina says, you know, it's bad even if Sony was like, yeah, I know, here, have your money back. Uh, I exactly. think the point of that is like, I think Sony only does that on the PlayStation stores if it's like legitimately fucking broken, which it was, I believe, for the base PS4. Yes. And it was like maybe semi-runnable on the pro yeah the, like, the, the maybe only not that much better the only consistency that you got was out of the fucking ps5 and series x versions of the game yeah because otherwise sony was just like no you you paid us money you, you, we have it yep. whatever you downloaded even if you don't like it well tough shit it's just it's it's one of the situations the few situations i've seen where something this big in the industry that everyone has their eyes on is like, oh, fuck. They removed it from the store. Mm-hmm. Holy shit. Mm-hmm. I do hope that it actually has a good turnaround because we weren't able... To, we were not able to get that out of Anthem, which I'm sure some people were looking forward to Anthem maybe having a turnaround on it. I hope that Cyberpunk gets that. Same. I do, too. Because, uh, like, like I said, I legitimately thought that Cyberpunk had everything that a good game needed a good game of that caliber needed it probably yes. needs more like extra shit in the background but i enjoyed it i just think that cd project should be a little bit more forthcoming when it comes to talking about the refund policy how many hits that they actually took taking into consideration you know the massive number of people who asked for refunds both on sony and microsoft platforms and also their retailers because if they were counting those numbers i've seen figures up as high as 40 percent refund rate which is massive which is fucking massive maybe it can be another ff14 where they basically like rebranded so the original doesn't even look like it's the same game. oh it's cyberpunk a realm we're born yeah yeah there you go it's stupid that, <laughs> it's so that was dumb. that was free it, it's you gave it to me and i took it <laughs> i took it anyway oh man uh let's that's go all ahead the news we got that's all the news we got let's hit these that's questions. all the news we got if you want to send us a question you can tell us in the scrub vs discord also on the twitch fucking join our discord or as chris said join the fucking discord Looks like we only have two questions, and they're both by Morgini. Hey, man, that's, so, that's fine. 
That is perfectly fine. Uh, Morgini asked number one. So games, we love them, we hate them, but uh, there ha- but have there ever been any games or game series that you have played over the years which you liked at first and then shifted to not liking it as much as you thought? Has there ever been a game where you pretty much reneged on and was just like, this game is ass, I don't know what's wrong with me? Yeah, I've usually had the opposite happen where I didn't think something was great and I then, like, it became a favorite. Like, the, this is this is shameful for me to admit now because I love the game now and I think it's one of the best games ever created for at least the system and I have the remastered version, but it took me a while to get used to Wonderful 101. Admittedly, it took me a few times to try to get used to it. There was a learning curve on getting used to the controls and the way how it's very much Pikmin plus plat- uh, platforming plus combat. Like mm. Bayonetta, Devil May Cry kind of thing. And now I think it's amazing. I haven't even tried the remastered. I'm a little bit leery of it because there's no more uh, split screen with a tablet. It's all one screen. So I don't know how well it's implemented in the remastered. So Corey said that. that it was pretty good. But as far as the opposites, where I thought it was really good and then I reneged on it, I might have to get back to you on that if you have one. Uh, Sonic Adventure 2 Battle. I, growing That's up... That's a strong contender. Played Ooh. the shit out of that game i absolutely in fact there's a lot actually a lot of sonic games that can go on that fucking list sonic rider zero gravity was one and this is all because i was working on my fucking tier list um but yeah. sonic adventure 2 battle like i knew that that was a bad game uh years after playing it i used to play it religiously when i was in middle school and some of high school yeah i got all a's in that game i fucking did all the fucking chow bullshit whatever like I, I knew that game like the back of my hand and I put it down for almost a decade and I tried coming back to it and I'm like, what the fuck is this goddamn camera? Holy shit. What the fuck is wrong with me? These controls are clunky. They're terrible. They're absolutely fucking garbage. And in order for me to play that game, I need mods now and not even all the mods for the PC version like are enough for me to be like, okay, this game is good enough for me to play. You know what I mean? So I, Sonic Adventure 2 Battle, Sonic Sonic Riders Zero Gravity. I used to love that game because I love the original Sonic Riders. I think Sonic Riders 1 is a fantastic racing game. It's it's a very, it's a hard game to get into. There is a steep learning curve, but once you like get used to it and understand the mechanics and understand how you fucking progress through that game, only then where would you be able to be like, okay, I understand, I get it, I can have fun with this shit. Plus, there was a battle system that is like that fixes a lot of the problems that Kirby's Air Ride had, and they just made all those changes and made them better in Sonic Riders One. But in Sonic Riders Two, no, that game is ass. the The stage design is terrible. The way that they do the the power ups and the level ups are fucking garbage instead of like set level ups that give you certain stat boosts and shit like that you have to choose what you want do you want to be able to carry more rings do you want to be able to have a larger air tank instead of making those things automated you now have to pick and choose and it's like oh you now need to be strategic and i'm like no this is dumb because if i pick one i lose out on all the other assets and everyone still gets a fucking head of me like this is stupid 
is absolutely fucking stupid. So no, yeah. I hate that fucking game. The controls are fucking weird. Trying to do the zero gravity uh, hard turns. Fuck that game. That game is bad. Right? The game is ass. Have you figured it out? Yeah, I think... I don't think I so much as hate it, but I definitely know that there was a big moment where I'm like, I don't like it as much as I think I did. And I, I don't know if I ever went into detail about it, though, because I think I got some pushback for it when I went through it in on text. But I didn't like Streets of Rage 4 as much as everyone else did when I when it came out. It is okay. I think that there are several things about how they changed up 4 specifically that ruins the flow of how Streets of Rage is supposed to feel like it's just an arcade beat-em-up kind of simple, not simple, but like a, a casual stroll through the streets of rage and enemies like pow, 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 done, bad guys, whatever. I think that the difficulty spikes of it are way too much of like like the American version of Streets of Rage 3 on easy. Like, I can only really comfortably play that game on easy and even then it's like too much because what they did was they made it so much that you have, like... Apparently, the developers of that game were fans of Marvel vs. Capcom. So they made the combat center around getting, like, combos and juggles and, like, wall bounces, like, sending enemies to bounce off the side of the screen. And then you have to hold that combo. And if you get hit, because it's Streets of Rage, you can't block. You can't even dodge. And if you get hit once, you lose that streak. And those scores are tied to, like, several unlocks in the game. And I fucking hate that. That and sucks. I thought, and I thought that I was decent at the game because I played one, two, a little bit of three. I played Bare Knuckle three, which is much better, which is the intended version of Streets of Rage three. Because apparently in America they raised the difficulty way, way higher and made enemies go much faster, which is why it's nearly impossible to play on its normal base game. But I played Streets of Rage four. I'm just like, why am I getting C's and D's and B? Like, I am I garbage? And then they bring back older bosses. Like, there's a few levels in the game where it's like, it's a retro, like, flashback boss. Do this for extra points. And you have to get a... This is so weird. You have to get a taser from a police officer and then go to the bare-knuckle arcade machine and attack it. And it's not immediate. And then it flashes back to a boss from either Streets of Rage 1 or 2. And... After that, you have to defeat this boss in one go. Now, if you lose, like, lives, they don't come back. And you only have one shot to do this boss for extra points. Or, or like, a completion bonus. But they somehow made these older bosses, which play the same, like, much harder and difficult for the sake of difficulty and it's just not enjoyable like i should be able to do these bosses of like oh it's mr x from streets of rage 2 i know how this works and i have more movement options here why am i having such a difficult time with it and i felt like it's kind of like a mega man like remember eddie said like a few episodes back where it was like why do i want to play an nes version of mega man with mega man 9 and 10 when i can go back to mega man 7 or 8 it's kind of like that to a degree because four, no one can like run or dash or dodge, but in three you can. 
everyone can run, everyone can dodge different planes, like back or forth. This is kind of like my situation when it comes with comparing Dark Souls 2 to remaster in Dark Souls 3, where oh. I have a lot of movement options in remaster in Dark Souls 3 that I don't have in Dark Souls 2. And I get frustrated because I played those versions first before I played Dark Souls 2. And I'm sitting here and I'm just like, why can't I fucking move? Why is the speed or the rate that I drink my Estus slower or tied to a fucking stat block instead of being standard? Yeah. I, I get what you're saying. It's it's just weird because like when I I modded my Sega Genesis Mini because I wanted to play on this on an actual like console with one of my friends who introduced me to Streets of Rage in the first place and I brought it over and we had a fucking I, I now put bare knuckle three as like maybe a tie for my favorite Streets of Rage game. That's and a four, controversial statement. Holy I know shit. it is, but bare knuckle three is so much better than the Americanized version of Streets of Rage three. It's that drastic of a difference. Okay. They fucked it up so badly in American. I, I, I can't explain why. Um, but like four, I feel like I'm hindered. I feel like I can't move, and I have to be Adam, um, the one main character from the Streets of Rage one, but he wasn't in two or three. Okay. He's he's a t he's a tall dark guy, and he has this dash where if you press like forward forward attack, he does like this like 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 a, a deadly punch kind of. Mm -hmm. And I do that to kind of skitter around the lack of options for movement, but playing the whole game that way. Kinda sucks because you don't have that many options, and again, it relies on the combo. You gotta get them, gotta get that number up, make the number go bigger, make the number go bigger, but just don't get hit. Right. But how can you tell? Because you can't dodge anybody, and there are specific enemies that will home in on you from planes that you can't dodge out of or prepare. It's fucking stupid, dude. Like enemies will just home in on you, and you you can't do anything for it. Everyone, everyone swears by fucking Streets of Rage 4. And I, uh, you know, I don't like beat em ups as it is. Like, I'm on the record in saying that there's only one beat em up that I truly enjoy. And I think, like, the biggest thing is, is like, I treat beat em ups like I would fighting games. And if I can't do motion okay. inputs to do crazy ass shit in, in beat em ups, I don't want to play it. Yeah. And I get that. And, and again, it's. I've played two so many times that I could basically like almost solo it. Well, I preferred it with my friend who introduced mm -hmm. it to me. And three, Bare Knuckle Three is now a comfortable time. It's got some difficulty, good movement. Four is like I feel like I have to always be in a certain mood for it. Cause I'm just like I don't want to deal with this right now, and I have to put it on easy. I have to put the fucking game down a notch just to actually have a good time because you get hit once and you're already like maybe a third of your health is gone and i just feel like it's just too fucked man oh no i shouldn't have to don't feel play that. mania oh, no. mode. it's so weird don't play mania what? mode then yeah no 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 i can't even do normal oh. on four and i want to because it's just like i don't want to be a i'm not a bitch baby i don't want to put on easy but the game fucking forces me to because it's so goddamn hard I've watched some of my play my friends play fucking on uh on mania mode and I'm just like God God bless you, cause fuck no. <laughs> bless <laughs> your heart, not. right? 
Next question. Also, how much representation to you is too much representation to the point of destroying said franchise? For instance, Fire Emblem with Smash Brothers, Persona 5 collaborating with everything under the sun and being the cash cow for Atlas, or even the fan base for said games like Sonic the Hedgehog? That's a good question. I typically don't care. I'm going to be straight up honest. I love Fire Emblem. Put every single Fire Emblem character in Super Smash Brothers and then change the name of the title to uh, Fire Emblem. Fire Smash, Emblem Brothers. Fire Emblem Brothers now Ultimate. featuring Mario from Mario Golf or some stupid shit like that. Like with I the sticker care. like the Dante from Double exactly. Make Cry series. Exactly. Like I don't <laughs> I don't give a shit. Like there yeah. are all the guest characters in there. This was something that a lot of people had talked about, and this is something that you hear a lot in the fighting game scene, because you see crossovers happening more frequently than not, as with yeah. Street Fighter, as now um, Samurai Showdown or Samurai Spirits. Tekken. Tekken. Like, Tekken's a big one. Uh, but people are getting like oddly defensive about having guest characters in Guilty Gear. Really? They're just, yeah, they're just like, we don't want it. I'm just like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Why not? This is this is like great crossover opportunities. Do we have any uh, crossovers in Guilty Gear right now? No. So that's no. why you're saying it. Fuck, why? Why not? Well, the thing is, like, crossovers didn't really start taking off until Guilty Gear Rev 2 really solidified itself. So Grev 2 came out, I believe, in 2016 or 2017, uh-huh. when crossovers and fighting games didn't start taking place until around that time. So I believe that Noctis was the first crossover character for Tekken 7. I don't remember when he came out, but I'm pretty sure he was season one. And Tekken 7 came out around the time that either Revelator or Rev 2 came out. So I I remember the base game has Akuma and everyone was like, what? Right. So there's just like, I feel it's more of the, the idea that Guilty Gear hasn't had its chance. And it's not a situation where Arc Systems wouldn't be interested in doing a crossover because they did a whole fucking crossover series with Blaze Blue. Unfortunately, they fucked it up, but Blaze Blue cross tag battle is a thing and they just throw fucking everybody from yep. everywhere. So that's you what know, a lot of I'm, Arc System Works franchises, right? That's, that's what's in that game. Well, it's not just Arc System Works. I mean, like, well, they Ruby have too. different whole IPs. They have whole different IPs in there. You have French bread characters, which, I mean, they're technically not Arc System Works characters because they belong to French bread. If they were to start throwing in characters from fucking, like, Grand Blue Fantasy Versus, they're technically Cyrus games or Psychus games. Yeah. I don't remember the name of the developer. But you know what I mean. Like, look, you could you could do a crossover and not have BB Tag, you know? Guilty Gear cross Genshin Impact. I don't give a shit who's in there. I honestly don't. Make the fucking characters dope as shit. Make fighting them cool. Make those characters cool. That's all, all I says care about. No, all capital letters. <laughs> no, it's and it's fine. Like I don't care. I don't care about shit like that. All the fucking fan bullshit that Sonic does, I don't care. Because at the end of the day, that's marketing that's going to bring them back to the main game. Mm-hmm. Now, me, I'm not a fan of Persona. But Persona 5 was not the first game in the series to have a whole bunch of fucking shilling going around trying to it get people not. to play fucking Persona. I mean, Persona 4 had a shit ton of fucking extra-ass bullshit in it as well. And two animes. Um, and two fucking animes. And you know what? If Atlas makes money off of Persona... 
to that fucking wild ass degree, that means that they get to put more money into Shin Megami Tensei, which is the real fucking series that I care about. Yeah. And that's so, releasing soon Food for the Switch, right? The remaster of what, three? May 25th, I want to say Nocturne uh, HD remaster comes out. And they confirm I'm that, slated... that, that Dante DLC is going to be part of it. Yes. At least for the PlayStation version. We don't know for the Switch version. Okay. And that's going to be a big deal because I'm slated to review that for Mega Visions if we get the code. Okay. So, and I'm going to be on vacation <laughs> in Florida. So, I'm going to mm. be playing that on my Switch and trying to beat that as fast as I can. It's going to be fucking wild. Yeah, I don't I'm also kind of the same mind where I don't mind the kinds of crossovers that I don't think there's too much that you can do of of anything. Um it mentions Sonic uh, about like crossovers and I'm kind of of two minds of that as of right now. Um, I don't think I that don't... there's enough crossovers for Sonic. Then that's what I was going to get into cuz like I feel like We've could have had like a Sega versus game, like a fighting game. Bring maybe. back Fighters Mega Mix, right? That's what they need to do. I want to play as a Fighters dumb fucking car. Mega Mix two, all right. I want to play back as Aegis. A... Yeah. I want to play as the fucking Burning Rangers. I want to play as the Afterburner fucking sh uh, jet. I want to play as fucking uh who's this who's the dumb ass motherfucker from Valkyria Chronicles four the one that ends up fucking dying at the very end of the game would not like, I want to I want to be that motherfucker yeah right exactly I want to play as Kiryu Kazuma and I want to fight goddamn the who's the giant penis monster from fucking Shin Megami Tensei like <laughs> let's let's fucking gotcha. go. Yeah, all of that make shit. It, make it like, all of that shit. Give me the interactions that we would have, that we do have right now with like the Project Cross Zone games, as bad as they are. But like, put that idea into like a new, like maybe fires. I don't know if it's like a story mode or we could probably do. But like, yeah, like you said. But I want to play as a fucking dumb fighter jet, stand out on its hinges and like throwing punches. It's it's the wings that are bent forward to do punches exactly. and shit. Exactly. And have Just it be, and, and then bring the new uh, Daytona car, and have that be like a secret. It's the eight, yeah, it. it's the Aegis car. Fuck it, let's go. Have it special so. be the Dreamcast, be the one from uh, like Transform, where it does the jet, the car, and the Dreamcast controller with the VMU slot. Does like the VMU just slams? Yo, yo, it's fireballs or VMUs. Yeah. <laughs> let's let's do that. That's good. That's great. I I wish I could see more from Sonic crossing over outside of Smash because because we mentioned Smash earlier. Sonic as a crossover in Smash feels super bare compared to what they've been doing later on because holy shit. Mm -hmm. And it's not saying that he plays bad because I like playing a Sonic and Smash Brothers, but he is bare. Like we could have had like a ring meter, like a Chaos Emerald meter or something or... Power ups, press down B to power up or whatever, along with the spin dash. I completely maybe, I guess. disagree with you. I oh, think really? That Sonic is one of the better characters in Smash. Well, I'm not saying he's bad. I just wish, like, that. if I were to add shit to it, probably do shit like that. Sure. I think it would have been cool for fucking, like, incorporating the shields and have that play uh, a hand in how some of the fucking attacks go off. Or even just, like, some of the items that you see in Sonic Adventure 1 and 2. 
mm-hmm. you know. But I mean, I think that just the entire series in general needs a reboot. I think that Sonic needs to have a complete fucking redesign. And there's a there's that's a few, what the rumor um, is right now. One of them, maybe. Maybe, maybe we'll see it with Sonic Prime, but I'm talking about the games in particular. There is this one um, yeah, that's what I'm YouTuber, to. this one YouTuber a few years ago, pretty much shoot his pitch, so to say, where he was just like, "Yo, let's let's uh let's make it so that Sonic is not necessarily like this super cocky dude, uh, but instead like he he has his abilities, he has his ability to go fast." But it's like instead of him going out and trying to take out the robots, he's scared and he's running away. And he has this backpack where all the abilities that he had throughout the older classic games, he can go ahead and use at the cost of a certain amount of rings or some shit like that, some sort of currency. And the entire premise was very, very interesting to me. Like I, I was just like I would, I would play a game like that. that. Rem- that, that so would be... you say that, and that reminds me that basically brings me out like let's just make that uh, uh, that Sonic Saturday morning cartoon game that got canceled. Sort of, sort of. I think that something like that would be interesting because there was but a the... like concept video of that with footage. Mm-hmm. I, I just think that um, the way that that game was pitched reminded me a lot of what is it Ori and the Will of the Wisps or Ori and the Blind Forest like the way that they were describing the the setting and the world and shit like that to be something very similar or uh, like that so I thought that something like that would be cool but to go back to the original question no give, give me more give me more I don't give Nerd a says Guilty Gear and DBZ DB uh, Fighters DBFZ I mean that'd be interesting Soul and and uh Goku are relatively close on power level. You'd have to like so speed be... up like Soul or have like a mutual ground of like speed that they both could like it could work. Mm-hmm. And they're both in the same engine, right? They're both the exact same like that 3D 2D engine. Yes. I mean, you'd have to make it work for lore reasons because Goku is insanely fast and the only reason why people from the Guilty Gear world can keep up is if they can jump in and out of the backyard. Which is kind of cheating because you're going into like dimensional type bullshit, and then like Soul takes out a fucking gear god bolt like nonsense. Like it's 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 out of control. Like guilt, guilty gear is, is, is fucking crazy. Um, yeah, you once said that like Blaze Blue was bullshit, but Guilty Gear is a whole new level of like story. Vice, vice versa, and the reason oh, okay. why I say that Guilty Gear is easier to understand, but there's just equal amounts of bullshits that are involved with Guilty Gear. Blaze Blue has time travel bullshit, and that's just really hard to keep track of, and that's why I, I shit did on Blaze not know Blue that. The, yeah, it's that shit. Okay. The, entire process, the entire concept is that in Blaze Blue you have to kill the Black Beast, but Ragna the Blood Edge is the Black Beast. Kill what? Kill self to save oneself type deal. It's it's out of con- fucking control. I don't even try to fucking try to understand it. No. That there is probably a single YouTube video to explain all of it, and it will be no more understand, uh, easy to understand. I still don't understand it. I don't care. I don't give a shit. So. No, that's that's my thing. Like, Sonic should probably be getting... Like, I would like to see more Sonic thrust into crossovers, like actual crossovers than in Smash. It'd be cool. It'd be fucking cool. Like, give me an... Outside of just Mario, give me another giant property that Sonic could cross over into and see how that works. Yeah. I don't know. 
And because I mean, apparently like, they, they can't do the platformer for Mario. They used to do that because when Sonic Lost Worlds, unfortunately, came out, they had the Zelda and Yoshi crossovers, and those things were cool. Yeah. I wanted more, I wanted more fucking Zelda Sonic. I thought that that shit was dope as shit. Dope as fuck. Anyway, we're running on three hours. We need to wrap this shit up. Haru, what are you going to be working on? Other than editing this podcast, I am probably going to be uh, starting on Generation 4 of Pokemon. Right on. I have Pokemon Platinum. I started that game. That game starts off super slow and had a very confusing save system, which was a process to find out and understand online. Because uh, I bought that game used, and it says, you can't save over a save that's already here. I'm like, I know that. Just save over it. What are you doing, game? And then I had to start over and delete the save that was already there, mm-hmm. but it was nothing. But anyways, I'm, I'm, I might, I've heard to not go with, I think, Torchic is the fire, the fire starter in January 4, but I'm like, I don't know. I might do Torchic that. Torchic is Gen 3. No, shit. Uh, who's the one for Gen Chimchar. 4? Chimchar. Chimchar is what I'm thinking about. Fuck. And Chimchar is who you should pick for Gen 4. Yeah. <laughs> Infernape is one of the best fucking Pokemon that's ever been made. One of the best fire types that have ever been fucking made. Yes. Uh, I will also be doing more writing because I've actually just started that. Very big things for my, my next chapter, which I got to start sharing now in the Scrubverse uh, server, which now there is a channel for that, which I think was made, which was Artists Alley and Writing. And going into Moral Hole to find out what happened with Game Grumps, because that was my hole that I went to earlier today. Right on. But yeah, that's me. I've got a preview that I got to start writing for fucking Mega Visions for the game She Dreams Elsewhere. It is an indie game huh. that is heavily inspired by Earthbound. Uh, but it's got some crazy psychedelic uh, colors and shit like that. And me and Powell were talking about it. And he was just like, I should totally get high playing this game. So there's a demo out. And I'm going to play the demo sober. And he's going to play it fucking blitzed out of his mind. I'm going to write about it. And he's going to pay me. So that's how that's going <laughs> to work out. <laughs> uh, uh, that's going to be for Mega Vision, you said? That's going to be for Mega Visions. I've also got other things for Mega Visions that are coming up. I need to finish this fucking video because for the last week or two, I've had copious amounts of bullshit take place and my wife has been stealing my time from me. So I need to finish writing this fucking script because it's not going to be ready. Oh, you're still on the script part of the Guilty Gear? It's almost done. It's almost done. I I can get the script writing portion done relatively quickly. It mm. is the actual video editing portion that I need to really hamper down and get done. For the last video, I got that part done in about f- three, four days. So mm. if I can finish the writing tomorrow, I can have the video out maybe by the 1st or the 2nd of May, which is fine. And then that after that, bad. I can focus on Katana Zero and then start working on other projects that I want to focus on. So there's just... All that nonsense. Oh, I've got- I, for- I forgot to uh, say what else I'll be trying this week because uh, I was recommended by Scotty Moe. I bought a Hotline Miami collection on the Switch for like four bucks. I should buy that. So I'm I'm looking forward to trying it because I've heard good things about it. So I was like, fuck it. I got some coins I can use. Hell yeah. Yeah. All right. All righty. Well, that was fun. Haru, that- I'm glad that I found out you can hold a conversation. This has been great. I'm I'm glad that 
I don't have to, you know, have to cut somebody off after talking about how somebody went through a Nazi phase. That that's great. Glad I, I didn't think, have to do that. I think that. it helps the fact that I went through Centralia, and you're just like, why the fuck, why? <laughs> and then I said, I went there twice. You're like, you went there twice? Terrible. I'd go there again. Anyway, uh, this was great, Haru. I'll see you around. Uh, and yeah. the rest of you, you can catch us usually on fucking Scrubverse Podcast on Twitch. You can find us on all your favorite uh, podcast streaming platforms. Not that I put us up on those platforms, but somebody fucking took our uh, RSS code and posted it on all their fucking podcasting platforms so you could find us almost fucking everywhere. Thanks, fucking internet. That's great. Um, yeah. Everyone, have fun and have a good night. And uh, if we would raid somebody, uh, sure. But not tonight. I am going to watch this North Korea thing and I'm going to go to bed. So have a good night, everybody. Take care. Take care, everyone.